0: should have stayed home and played with myself. What do you like to do? Oh, I don't know. Play chess?
1: Screw? Well, let's play chess. The
2: Indianapolis Colts select Anthony Richardson. Quarterback, Florida. Richardson going to take off and run. He's
3: in there.
0: Touchdown,
2: I-N-D-Y. The first career touchdown. Here's Halliburton into the front court. Mishandled it, but gets a shot. Hits yeah. it. Hits it. <laughs> John,
4: I
5: have never been better. To be on the air with you here in Indianapolis, a place where so
0: many of my dreams have come true. The Ride with JMV on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
6: Hey, welcome in on a busy Thursday. Back nine with Michelob Ultra, another NBA Jam location where you can play the game. High score will win the shoes. I will if you're watching uh, via the AAA Membership Lounge YouTube Live. I'll show you the shoes that you can win because the shoes that you can win are exactly like the ones I'm wearing right now. So I will show you the shoes that you can win, courtesy of Michelob Ultra. And an even better part about this is, if you do win, this will advance you to the finals coming up here In the not-so-distant future, and then the high score during the finals will win you the arcade game, NBA Jam, which we all love, right? If you're from the 1990s, whether you're like in your 20s like me or you were just growing up, right, as a child of the 90s, you loved NBA Jam. NBA Jam Arcade Game in your place, right? If you're the high scorer in the finals, plus, thanks to Michelob Alter and our friends at Zing, just a ton of great concert tickets up close and personal. I don't have the list of the shows in front of me, but I can promise you this, you will absolutely love it. So... We'll do that today, NBA Jam, back nine. We can also play back nine as we normally do here. We are off of Drover. In fact, just the near south side of downtown, on the other side, south side-wise, of I-70, you know, where Morris Street is Morris to Drover, and there you have it with us Right here and this is a busy show for us all because we had a lot going on last night didn't we not a lot going on later on tonight as well Ian Eagle of CBS and TNT he is the new voice of the final four and he's going to join us at the bottom of the hour I don't know if he has seen a great deal. Out of the new look Pacers, but we will talk about that. We will talk about that in terms of their matchup with the Knicks coming up later on tonight. Ian Eagle joins me coming up here at about 3.30 today. Also, Matt Painter, head coach of the Boilermakers. Of course, Painter's gang last night, a win in overtime over Northwestern. We will stop down and talk about a lot of that. A lot of things that you want to know. Um, certainly, the biggest point I think that was made over the course of last night was the consistent discussion about the foul. The foul situation, the number of fouls Purdue had whistled, the number of fouls, I should say this, the number of foul shots taken in the game, Purdue compared to Northwestern. We will talk to Matt about that coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. And really a, a variety of things that you will want to hear from the Boilermaker head coach. Matt Painter joins us coming up here at the top of the hour as they wheel in NBA Jam. The arcade game is right here. Second floor of back nine us and NBA Jam, so get here. You can even play some, play some golf, too. Hit some golf balls here at back nine while you're at it. Ice cold, Mic Ultra, plugging that bad boy in and ready to go coming up here in just a couple of minutes. I mentioned Matt is going to join us coming up at the 4 o'clock hour. Mike Chappell of CBS 4 and Fox 59 will be here after 5. And we'll catch the head coach of Indiana State, Josh Schertz, it did not start out well last night in Nashville at Belmont for my Sycamores. Down 19 early in that game. And in fact, Josh had like told me last night that that was the worst effort he had seen out of his group. His description was his entitled group last night in Nashville. But... They got it right. They got it right in the second half. Got some timely shot making. Isaiah Swope hit that uh, banked in three with uh, under three to go. Uh, put them up six, I think, at the time. And then they ultimately got that win over Belmont to set up those stakes coming up on Saturday night when they host Drake at the Holman Center. We'll talk to the head coach of Indiana State, Josh Schertz, about that last night and really really. What this has done for Terre Haute, I'll I'll get into that in a second because I do have a lot to get into, but what it's done for Indiana State, for the alumni, for the students there right now, and for Terre Haute, it's been few and far between, everybody. I mean, it really has. And when you think about it, too, even when Mitch Hannis took them to the regionals um, and had a great baseball season... It was also mixed in with, you know, the negative of not being able to host and having to defer to TCU uh, for Fort Worth, Texas. You Remember that it was just some some also negative. This is something that has just been very embraceable for for those in Terre Haute, for those at Indiana State and for those like me that are alumni of Indiana State University. And Josh joins us coming up at 5.30 today. I'm going to double back to the Boilermakers just for a second, too, about that game uh, before we talk to Matt at 4 o'clock. To me, that was the best game we have seen of the Big Ten this year. And and here's why. And we'll get to the difference in in foul shots and what you think, you know, whether or not. Like Chris Collins obviously felt he got hosed um, last night, which was one of the great dismissals and then one of the great walk-offs. I go back to, somebody can help me out, either 97 or 98. You remember at Assembly Hall against Illinois, and Bob Knight got run by Ted Valentine. And he basically, for lack of a better description, he buzzed the tower upon his exit and the tower was Ted Valentine here a couple of different times he just kept walking right by him i mean right by him it really was it was one of the great getting tossed moments in history now the thing of it is when he got tossed you know people i remember that night in assembly hall people thought well now everything's really going to take off and you know the team's going to be inspired in, and <laughs> in like true IU fashion with that particular team, and then a lot of team sense, to be quite honest with you. I mean, immediately after that, there was a lob throw, and I think it was uh, was his name, Jared, not Jerry Hester. Maybe it was Jerry Hester. Kind of a swing guy, six foot six, athletic dude, goes right up and dunks, and I believe it was Andre Patterson under the goal and the ball bounces off his head. And it was really, for that particular season, it was incredibly appropriate. But that was one of the better dismissals that I could ever remember. And that's until last night. Because you got to think about the circumstances last night. It was just such a great game. If you like offense, and you like offensive punching and counter-punching, that's exactly what you got. It was shot-making ability... And Northwestern had that from the gate. Think about this. Both teams, field goal percentage-wise, shot like 58%. I mean, it was incredible, the shot-making ability. You know, whether you're talking about Boo-Booey or Ty Berry, especially Ty Berry at the beginning of that game, it was amazing to watch Boo-Booey kind of settle into his role as the go-to guy on that team. But both sides, just the shot-making ability was was incredible. Now, obviously, Northwestern fans, anybody that doesn't like Purdue, and that's a lot of people now because they've got a huge target. I know everybody out there is sick and tired of Zach Eady. You know, you get the discussion again, Zach Edey's not any good or is he good because he's, you know, 7-4 or whatever. You can save that for another day. But that discussion started last night because the boy the maker shot 46 free throws and when you look at Northwestern and what they did at the free throw line. And, and again, if you're Chris Collins, if you're any coach, if there is a disparity in free throw shooting like that, you're going to get hot, right? They shot eight. They were six of eight. Six of eight. And you're, you're whoever you are, and that is always going to be one of the go-tos is free throw shooting in descriptions when one team or its fan base believes that it got hosed. But you're going to get hot. And Chris Collins got hot. Chris Collins, basically when the game was over, what was there, two seconds remaining? I mean, how I think Purdue ended up shooting. I think Mason Gillis had four free throws made at the tail end of that thing. So ultimately, the final score of 105-96 to 96, um, was much more of a separation than the game actually was. And I don't know about anybody else when it was tied and Northwestern had that last look, there is no way that any of you out there did not think that floater put up by boo Booey was down. I thought it was clean. I thought they just got the shot, and that's after Purdue actually and Lance Jones you know took a foul because they had a foul to give, but he took that foul, and it seemed that Northwestern still got offensively exactly what they would want in that situation, and I mean again, boo Boo he was making shots the one the three over Edie was incredible, and what made it most incredible was. It didn't look like a force. I mean, it was just in rhythm, a fluid release and rhythm that was drained over Edie. Now, right in front of the Northwestern bench. But I thought that that floater was going to be clean, and I thought Northwestern would sweep Purdue. And then you kind of knew that if that thing went into overtime, that it was going to be certainly difficult. But it was just punch and then counter punch, offensively all night. But what you gather, and I don't care who it is, listen, I don't care if it's Chris Collins, I don't care if it's Matt Painter, if there's going to be that particular level of disparity, then the other coach is always going to be complaining, or in that moment, complaining. Chris Collins didn't really complain afterwards, but again, his case, by the way that he had that exit, was already made. There are always going to be complaints there. And then you're going to get You know, those involved in the game are going to explain to you exactly what happened. I'll ask that of Matt Painter coming up in the 4 o'clock hour exactly what he thought and if he'd ever been a part of a game where the free throws were that lopsided. And I'm assuming probably not. But we'll get the answer from Matt coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. It's an amazing game. Northwestern is legit. We talked to Brooks Barnheiser on Tuesday. I mean, beyond legit they are. When you have a scorer, when you have a go-to guy, and they had a couple of dudes that were hot along with Ty Berry, but when you have a go-to guy like Boo Booey, you've got something. And we saw that with Northwestern last night. Northwestern hung around. Boilermakers ultimately getting that 105-96 win. That's in overtime. They get number six Wisconsin and Madison coming up on Saturday. Does this make anybody else wonder? And this was for the Boilermaker fans, right? So Boilermaker fans that that felt justified in the foul shooting and will defend that, you know that it's coming, right? You know that there's going to be a game where you guys are going to be unhappy. Just I'll predict it right now. I don't know if this is going to happen in Madison, but it wouldn't surprise me. You know that there's a game coming to where – Purdue fans are going to be unhappy about the fouls whistled on Edie. It is just the vicious cycle of it. And last night at Mackey Arena, a lot of fouls called. You knew going in Chris Collins was going to utilize his three bigs, talking about how he had 15 fouls and he was was going to use them. He exhausted a lot of them last night. They had no question. But you know that at some point, just the officiating in general, right, and the whole get back of it, the turning of the tide, the karma, however you want to describe it, it's going to be one that's going to go against Purdue. It just will. The other thing I want to ask, Matt, is compared to the past, we've talked about you know the whistle for Edie, and he obviously as his coach have been pro wanting to get that whistle for Zach Edie um, where he thinks that is right now and where he thought last night, and they know what he's going to say, right? But I want to go more in-depth on that with him, and we'll do that coming up in the 4 o'clock hour. It was amazing. I I just kind of look at it like this. You're going to have nights, and that was a night that, honestly, without it, and even shooting as crappily as they did, You look back at Purdue and what they did with the work, 29 of 46 in the free throw line. Zach Eady, who normally is really good, was 8 of 17. He missed nine free throws last night. And that's the other thing that really stuck out to me. Like Trey Kaufman-Wren, I'm guessing, I'm guessing that Trey Kaufman-Wren didn't get much clock in the second half because... He struggled at the free throw line, too. We saw moments where you saw Braden Smith struggling a little bit, five of eight. But kind of makes you wonder had it not been that way what may have transpired otherwise. But it was as good of an offensive game. And I love the punch and counterpunch mentality of it. That's what she got last night. And it gives, I think, everybody. It's funny. Like, I'm not, I'm not college basketball or high school basketball. Scream at the officials, person. I, I do. I will say this. I mean, I did used to get off on Ted Valentine a little bit, right? I think everybody used to get off on Ted Valentine. There's always an official collegially, you know, like the Kentucky group. Who's the dude? The Kentucky. They all, they got after his roofing company. Um, John, what's his name? I can't remember now. There's always been somebody that's been in the crosshairs, right? But uh, Courtney Green and that group last night was in the crosshairs of basically everybody but Boilermaker fans. The shot-making ability is what made that game, though. It did. And I got to give credit where credit is due. Northwestern hanging in, having that opportunity to win. I mean, really, that's all you can ask for at the end, even if you are upset with the foul shots divvied out. And the lack thereof for you, Northwestern hanging in with that shot-making ability and having a chance to win it in that final possession of regulation. And having a guy, having a guy in boo-booey. Incredible game last night. Matt Painter joins us, top of the hour. We shall discuss in full with him. I'm telling you, that's not going to be a conversation you will want to miss. Now, honestly, if... You know, you an IU fan or you hate Purdue or whatever, you may not like the answers, but you will enjoy the conversation. I guarantee you that. Matt Jones is coming up here in the 4 o'clock hour. All right. Pacers back in action coming up later on tonight against the Knicks. It's kind of weird. If you looked in Boston, that's the Lakers and the Celtics tonight. So this is a TNT game, I believe, for the Lakers and the Celtics. And LeBron James, Anthony Davis will not play for the Lakers So that may end up being one of the most boring games in the history of TNT. And, I mean, hell, I think they had one last week. Didn't they have one with uh, Toronto and somebody on a Thursday night last week, too? So it may be a struggle tonight. I'm wondering what things will look like for the Pacers with the Knicks. And I mentioned this yesterday. They go to Boston. They obviously, you know, get a shot at the Celtics, Celtics full strength. Get down early. Celtics missed two shots in the second quarter the other night in Boston. Pacers hung in. Pacers took a lead late. Pacers ended up losing but made a game of it. And I don't hand this out. Thank you, my brother. I appreciate that. Lightly. I was impressed, even though I don't look at, as I mentioned before, entertaining wins or moral victories or anything like that. I was impressed with the way... That they did hang in. And the way that they gave themselves an opportunity. It's kind of like this. It's kind of how I felt about Northwestern last night. I mean, you're taking... And I, I talk about punch and counterpunch. But you, if you're Northwestern, you not only... You were taking the absolute best shot offensively in a lot of ways from Purdue. when you were hanging in a Mac arena in West Lafayette, which was incredib- incredibly loud last night. Just a great environment. But... Getting back to the Pacers and the Celtics the other night, the Pacers hanging in there like, and I look at it like this, that it was impressive that they were able to give themselves the opportunity, especially considering the minutes limitations that were placed on Tyrese Halliburton. And you can honestly have the opinion of if he would have had time still to play and would have been participating late, that that was an even more winnable game. But you're impressed they hung around. This game tonight's different. There's no Julius Randle for the Knicks. We'll see about OG Ananobi for the game later on this evening. But this is a game where you slide all that aside. You slide. Tonight is a game that you need to get. 10-7 in the month of January. And the month of January, in large part, played without Tyrese Halliburton. That was an absolute schedule gauntlet. It was either the second or rated number one, at least close to it, as far as schedules, strength of schedule that they were playing in the month of January in the NBA. They go 10 and 7. All right, so three games over 500. But to be able to navigate that for the most part without Tyrese Halliburton, with other injury situations as well, that schedule impressive. But we also have to start to see the proof. And the proof comes later on tonight in a matchup like this. The Knicks, since the Ananobi trade, they have been as good as anybody. Much better defensively. A team, obviously, you expect to be reckoned with. But with no Randall and the opportunity at Madison Square Garden tonight, it has to be one that is taken advantage of. So this is not one of the, hey, look, they hung in, but that's great. Uh, we left that in Boston. With the Knicks tonight, it is one that you need to get. It's the one where we're going to gauge. Alright. Very few opportunities to do that so far. You know, considering you know, Tyrese Halliburton's injury, considering Pascal Siakam's trade here, you want to get everybody together and then start to slowly see what evolves from it. And Tonight is one of those games. In fact, to me, it's not even so much wanting to stir the echoes of what was an incredible rivalry back in the 1990s. Let's face it, there's no Reggie Miller involved here. And that also, you had his personality, you know, his, his, uh, his villain, his heel, to New York, to the Knicks, to that fan base, I mean, there's no way you're ever going to be able to recapture that. So I'm not so much looking for it in terms of a rivalry, but this is one of those gauges to where you start to see how legitimized this group is going to be. You know, what you really have. And especially if Halliburton is deemed able, you know, more minute available. We'll see all that still is within decision-making play. But whether or not you're going to see him, and especially able to see him close, which is the biggest of deals, but that's how I look at this game tonight with a perspective of, all right, this is one of these gauges against a good team, and especially a team that has been really good, very hot here recently, what this Pacer team does on the road. And it's the first of a back-to-back. They get Sacramento at Cambridge Fieldhouse coming up tomorrow night. So that's where I start with that. We shall talk about that again. Ian Eagle is going to join us coming up at the bottom of the hour. The new voice of the Final Four for CBS and the TNT play-by-play man. We'll talk some NBA with Ian Eagle coming up here at 3.30. Matt Painter, head coach of the Boilers, in a must-listen 4 o'clock window for us today. Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State, big win. I'm telling you, that could have been an absolute disaster last night. Disaster it could have been. And they come from behind in the second half and get that win. Sold out Drake game, I believe, coming up on Saturday in what should be a great environment at the Holman Center. We shall talk about that. Butler back in action, I believe, coming up tomorrow night. Butler has Creighton tomorrow night, I think, on the road at Creighton. And uh, they got two coming up here, creating a Yukon on the road that is incredibly difficult, but man, would it be nice to add that to the resume? A little bit more on college basketball with that coming up as well. Dan Quinn's got a coaching destination, a head coaching destination. Bring that up. I don't know. People have asked whether or not the dynamic may be in play here to where Gus Bradley. You know, a lot of you want Gus Bradley gone. A lot of fans, you know, some media. Want to see Gus Bradley gone with that relationship of the past? Might there be an opportunity there for Gus Bradley going with Dan Quinn to Washington? That's something we'll talk about a little bit later on as well. I'm not quite sure. I know that people are mentioning that. We shall see. The name of the official that I was trying to think about, uh, Andy Sweeney, that's Sweebo in the morning, says had a roofing company called, uh, is it called Roofies? That's not called Roofies, right? No, Rooferees. Yeah, that'd be bad if you called it Roofies. (laughs) Hey, I got a new roofing company. It's called Roofies. John Higgins is the guy's name. Thank you very much, Sweebo, right there. I knew if it had anything to do with Kentucky, Sweebo, the pride of northern Kentucky, would be right on top of it right there. What do you think, Cam? Roofies, would that be a bad roofing company name right there? Yeah, I don't don't think it would go over well. Yeah, Roofies. Rooferees is what it was called with John Higgins. And remember, Kentucky fans went crazy, went crazy with that company because that was his. Hey, we'll talk about that a little bit later on. And again, a loaded guest list for you. I'd love to see you out here. NBA Jam is already underway right over there. High score gets an opportunity to play in the finals in the next couple of weeks at Brothers Downtown to win the actual arcade game. What you win right now, I'm going to show you guys. Ready? Really quick here. These are the custom-made shoes or custom-made shoes just like these. Let me see here. Trying not to get a little bit of a glare here. Let's see. Is it better when I move it back? These are custom-made courtside shoes, courtesy of Michelob Ultra and Nike right here. Nike Air. These are old school. If you can't tell right there, it is blue and gold. Pacers cover. This is awesome. These look great. I mean, original, custom-made. You can win a pair with the high score here today at the back nine. Michelob brings us to you. Thank you to our friends from Zinc with NBA Jam. Second floor of the back nine. Again, south side of Indy. On the other side, the south side, in fact, of I-70. Morris to Drover, and you are right here. Just look for the huge net's. Second floor, ice-cold Michelob Ultra, great food, NBA jam. We may even hit some golf balls as well. Matt Painter, Josh Shirts, Mike Chappell still to come. We'll talk to Mike about the Pro Bowl, talk to Mike about the Senior Bowl, talk to Mike about a variety of things in the 5 o'clock hour. And Matt Painter joins us coming up today at 4. 239-1070. Email the address, jmv at 1075thefan.com. Hello, Nicole, you want to see the shoes? I right, hear you go. There you go. Check it out. Yeah, take it. Stream the app, HD Radio. and Eagle of CBS and TNT on the other side. Don't go anywhere. 93.5107. Find the fan.
1: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
0: The Ride with JMV. Smokey, this is not nom. this is bowling, there are rules. A- 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
6: NBA Jam is what we're playing. Michelob Ultra brings us to you. The high score wins this or these, if you will. Original Nike Air courtside Michelob Ultra shoes. NBA Jam is here. Back nine off of Drover. South side of downtown. Love to see you here. Second floor is where we're located. Maybe even hit some golf balls, too. Matt Painter. Head coach of the Boilermakers coming up at 4 o'clock, don't miss that, Mike Chappell, CBS 4, Fox 59, and we'll talk to Josh Schertz, head coach of Indiana State, my Sycamore's another win last night, get Drake coming up on Saturday, but on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, he is a friend of the show, you can catch him as the new Final Four voice, of course, on CBS, you can catch him on TNT, Uh, Ian Eagle is with us today, hello, Ian, how are you? Hey, what's up, JMV? How you been, buddy? We are getting you said. A lot of hoops conversation. I'm just kind of set the table for you right here so we can just get off and running with it. Let's do it. I'm curious, how much have you seen, if at all, I guess, I know not live, I don't think, but how much have you seen of the new look Pacers that will invade Madison Square Garden later on tonight?
3: Yeah, have not had them yet this season. It's always interesting how it works. Uh, Teams that get earmarked for national TV games are based solely on off-season perception and speculation on where a team might fit in. Indiana wasn't getting a whole lot of buzz. And uh, now, all of a sudden, they're a team that has uh, certainly brought curiosity because of their style of play, their offensive explosiveness, Rick Carlisle, proven winner, the change they made in acquiring Siakam. And now you look at them as one of those teams that could be an absolute wild card in the Eastern Conference. Uh, You know, there's always that classification, JMV. Oh, That's a team I wouldn't want to see in the playoffs. (laughs) Yeah. And I think they're going to start popping up in those conversations. Like, I'd rather not play them. We might win the series, but it's going to take a lot out of us to win the thing in six or seven games. So um, I'm definitely taking notice. Uh, I do have them up on my schedule some somewhere over the next few weeks uh, before the NCAA tournament gets underway. And uh, looking forward to it. I, I always know that a Rick Carlisle coach team is going to be uh, well-schooled, well-prepared.
6: Well, and we're – honestly, we haven't really seen too much – of everybody together, all hands on deck, if you will. I mean, a very short sample size with Halliburton coming back. And, you know, we'll see how much of it we get in Madison Square Garden later on tonight, but you can just look since that Adenobe trade. Man, the Knicks have really taken off, have they not?
3: They have. I had them not this past Tuesday, the Tuesday before, a net-knick game on TNT. Uh, They've just brought a a different vibe, a different energy, even with an injury to Randall, even with an injury to O.G. Ananobi. They keep winning. Jalen Brunson has emerged as legitimate number one guy, uh, someone that may start picking up steam in MVP conversation if the Knicks can truly bust through and be a top two team in the Eastern Conference, which is now not out of the realm of possibility, considering what was simmering under the surface with the Milwaukee Bucks. The Knicks are surging. Uh, they're buying into what Tom Thibodeau is selling. And I like their energy. Uh, they're, they're just uh, a team now that believes in who they are, their identity. Uh, what does it translate into postseason? I don't know yet. But I could tell you this. They're a lot of fun to watch.
6: Yeah, Tom Thibodeau has seemingly had, and there are coaches like this, probably more of them, and they're wildly successful, but they, they have a, a shelf life. Does Thibodeau have a shelf life there? Has he presented what looks to be a shelf life in New York yet, or has it still, is, does it still remain to be seen because they're winning games and it seems like everybody's on the same page?
3: Yeah, fans were chanting his name the other day in a positive way at MSG, yeah. <laughs> not in a negative way. That's not normally how it works for coaches. So uh, I think it, it's it's been very interesting to watch the evolution of how he's viewed. When he came in as a head coach, his hard-driving ways, his demanding style, was actually celebrated. That yeah, we got to get back to that. We got to get. Uh, back to the mentality of getting the most out of your guys and challenging them and providing a standard. So that happened in Chicago. And then things went a little South. He goes to Minnesota. You think, okay, he's going to turn this thing around. And then that goes sideways. He eventually gets the job with the Knicks. And I'm not sure the talent matched the style that he wanted to coach, but slowly They have now built this team very much in his image, and it's working. And he's getting more kudos than ever before in the New York area, which shows you that he didn't change who he is. He didn't change how he approaches it. I think Knicks fans have changed the way they view him based on the results and also based on the the likability of this team, how hard they play, how determined they are, and they win clutch games. They're winning close games. Uh, The the big knock on them, JMV, had been they hadn't beaten anybody above 500 consistently. All their wins seemed to be against sub-500 competition. Well, over the last two weeks, they've played heavyweights, and they haven't lost. So pretty good sign that they're ready to compete with anybody.
6: He is Ian Eagle of CBS and TNT. Kind enough to join us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Pilot. Sticking with them for a moment. Again, get Pacers Knicks right here coming up later on tonight. So, Julius Randle, his, what, nearly 25 a game, his you know, yeah. nearly 10 rebounds a game, going to be lost for, I would suggest, a significant period of time right here. So, got Brunson, you got, got Adenobi, as we talked about, but what is the impact or the effect? with Randall not being a part of this, at least for the short-term future.
3: Yeah, he's someone that has bailed them out at times offensively where you can run the offense through him. Uh, He is a dogged competitor. He had been healthy, which has been the biggest question mark with him. Playoffs last year, I don't know if you remember the series against Miami in the conference semifinals. It turned out to be a really fun series. Randall was not himself. You could just tell I ended up doing that series on TNT, and it wasn't him. Uh, he, he wasn't doing a good job helping defensively. He was giving up on some plays, which was not something characteristic of him. He just didn't look like the Julius Randle who had made himself into an all-star with the New York Knicks. This year he has, and even that game that, that I worked uh, you know a week and a half ago, uh, that was vintage Randle fiery, taking over when necessary. Made a couple of big plays. He made one really risky pass that worked out for him out to the corner where uh, you see coaches often go, no, 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 no. Oh, yes. Yes, we're good. We're good. And that's what happened. (laughs) He's that type of guy. And they miss his fire. Bronson makes up for a lot of it because of his way and his temperament. Randall emotes a bit more. Brunson will show you at different times what he's feeling. Randall cannot uh, just hide whatever it is that that he's experiencing. He, he shows it to you. And I think that's actually a good thing for the Nick team in this market with the, this rabbit fan base. Uh, he's gone hot and cold with the fans by his own admission. I think he's felt some of the pressure of New York and the fact that they can turn on you in a hurry. If it's not going well, uh, this has been a positive wave uh, and it's been mutually beneficial here this season.
6: He is I Eagle TNT, of course, NBA CBS, the voice of the final four. I'm talking to Matt painter coming up here at the top of the hour, four o'clock, just an overtime win over Northwestern. They get Wisconsin coming up on the road on uh, Sunday. You're not, are you doing that game by the way? I, am doing that game yes Still oh well we, we will be in you. madison 100 percent. i'm glad i did some half-ass prep right here on that well done by me
3: <laughs> uh i could have pulled the i'm not even going to tell you and then i would have popped up <laughs> sunday afternoon he was a son of a bitch right
6: <laughs> well thank you you know what that's why i would love you because you just kind of ease me in to situations that otherwise would be very uncomfortable. Thank you. I appreciate it. That's awesome. Now, I, I, I'm curious. Did you have a chance to see any of Purdue and Northwestern Big Ten Network last night, that game? And, and what do you make of the Boilermakers, where they are in the season, especially compared to what we have seen led by Zach Eady in the past?
3: Yeah, I had net Sons last night. So uh, just to give you a little insight into my schedule ahead, The uh, Warriors on Tuesday night with Philadelphia in San Francisco took the red eye, uh, tried (laughs) to grab a little bit of sleep on that, turn around, do the Nets and Suns last night, and today, tomorrow, is dedicated to the preparation of Purdue and Wisconsin after getting some notes done late last week, now adding to it. Have uh, the first half of that Northwestern game on my laptop. I'll start checking that out tomorrow, spill over into Saturday when I fly to Madison. My prep, though, on Purdue from a a board standpoint, individual standpoint, is pretty extensive. And look, you're 20-2, and you're a marked team. I think Northwestern just plays them very well. I I think sometimes in matchups, you do have to respect that a coach finds something. Chris Collins is really smart, uh, found something there that's been effective. They missed a bunch of free throws. I, I don't... I don't know if I want to throw that into the anomaly category. As a team, they're shooting it at 72% this season. That number should probably be higher. Zach Eadie missed nine, which, uh, again, you hope in a big moment come March, that's not going to be the case. But, look, we've seen it. Uh, it, It's a reality on how Purdue is perceived. Uh, Until they show it in tournament settings, they're going to be the same question marks. They're really good. They're talented. I love how they play. I like the mixture on this team. Braden Smith is so much fun to watch. Lance Jones has been a perfect fit. I do think Fletcher Lawyer is maturing and getting better. Look at the numbers. First half of last season compared to second half of last season. And there was a drop-off. This year, there's been more stability. And although the numbers are more or less the same from a year ago, I just think He's in a better position to take on a little more responsibility and made big plays last night when, when need be. Good role players. Uh, this, this is a team that is going to be one of the favorites going to the NCAA tournament, and rightfully so. They've got everything that you would look for. They check every box. But until you do it, the same things are going to pop up.
6: Yeah, and Ian Eagles on the call. Who's with you in Madison? On Sunday, it'll be it'll be one William J. Raftery. Well, that's awesome right there. Now, you guys get to hang out because there's nobody in the world that I would rather hang out with. I would think in a setting like that, I'm sure you're the same than with (laughs) Bill Raftery, right? Uh yeah,
3: JMV, I, I think you guys would, would enjoy each other's company. I've known Bill now for <laughs> literally thirty years. I've been doing games with him for twenty nine years. I did Nets radio for one year before I moved on to the T V side. So I got to know him that one year that I did radio. He was doing T V. The next year, um placed next to him in nineteen ninety five doing Nets television. I was twenty five, twenty six years old and uh, I got an education in more ways than one. Basketball education, TV education, uh, what happens after
6: midnight education, all yes. of it. Yes. All
3: rolled into one.
6: He uh, He's something. So after Chris Jenkins hit that, that game winner for Villanova in Houston, uh, my producer, uh, my ex-producer, who's still my friend, he's actually here right now with us at back nine, uh, went up to him courtside. After that shot was made and started asking him questions, he got two questions deep. And Bill said, hey, I'll tell you what, we can talk about this some other time because I need to go grab a cocktail.
3: Yeah, sheer <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <Dire laughs> honesty. Sometimes we we underrate <laughs> what what it requires just to be direct. And that's yes. Bill telling it like it is now. He's the best and. And we're gonna have we're gonna have a ball we had uh, Iowa State Kansas last week in Ames, Iowa, and we had Michigan State Maryland the week before we've got Houston Texas coming up so we're we're bouncing around a little bit and the goal is to see as many teams as possible obviously before you you get to the actual road to the final four, but all of these games are important in in getting a sense of uh, what the college basketball landscape looks like and For me, uh, imperative to see Purdue in person and get a feel from Matt Painter what this team is all
6: about. Man, that's so awesome. Voice of the Final Four. I'm happy for you. I really am. You're awesome to us here on the show and awesome to the folks here in Indy. They love hearing you on here. Thanks, as always, for coming on with us. And uh, we'll be watching coming up on Sunday. where. You and Bill Raftery up there, and uh, yeah, I'm glad. I almost—it was almost prep that I did. Uh, it, did you my voice? I went. Yeah, are, are you going to be there? You know, kind of yeah. spread that out. Are you going to be there? <laughs> yeah, no, that was very sly. And if if you tune
3: in, I'd say there's a pretty good chance on Sunday you get one dose
6: of onions. Yes, minute, That the beginning too. <laughs> Yeah. Hey. Nah, no, that's um I, I thought last night was the best game of the Big Ten so far this year with Purdue and Northwestern and you know there's an opportunity with these two highly ranked teams, two and six, going at it you know, for a chance there at the top spot to lay a little bit of a claim there. This should be uh, certainly worthy of that coming up on Sunday. Ian Eagle of CBS, he's going to be on the call. It is always a pleasure. We'll check back up with you as we get closer and closer to the month of March, too. Yeah, sounds like a plan, JMP. All the best. Thank you, Ian. See you, man. It's Ian Eagle of CBS and TNT. Man, there is not many better than that. What a great guy. Voice of the Final Four coming up this year. Ian Eagle of CBS and TNT. Back nine NBA Jam. Michelob Ultra high score on NBA Jam wins. This pair of shoes right here you can see inside the AAA membership lounge via YouTube Live and advances to the finals. More on that coming up. Matt Painter is going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. Don't go anywhere. 93 5, 107
1: Find the fan. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. Let me have a Diablo sandwich, Dr. Pepper, make it fast. I'm in a damn hurry. 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan.
6: Hey, welcome back. Back nine, our location off of Drover, the south side of downtown. Actually, the other side, if you will, from downtown of I-70. Holy crap. Were you guys all coming up, Landon, with these shirts? They got shirts like that over there? Those are badass. That's me and B-Swift. I, I just actually tweeted it out. You can show. Get. You may have to get a little bit closer right there. This is from Promotions Landon. And uh, are we giving these away today? The JMV Jam, the JMV, if you guys know NBA Jam, so this is how you got, you got a two-player team, right, of all the NBA teams from the 90s. And this is JMV Jam, and on one side, it's got my face, and the other side, it's B-Swift. B-Swift is upstairs on 5 from where we are, normally downtown, not today, but normally downtown on um, 100 Hot 100.9, right? Yes, hot 100.9. And you can see also B-Swift at the Pacer Games. Uh, he does a lot of the in-house, in-arena announcing at the Pacer Games. I don't know how many of these shirts. I just sent out an X or a tweet, if you will, of it. Check it out and, man, get here because these shirts are badass and I'm taking one of them. I'm definitely taking one of those. <laughs> Thank you, Zink and Old Ultra, for that. That's awesome. It is um, JMV Jam. Me and B-Swift right there. That is outstanding. How many of those do you got over there, Landon? Do we know? Okay. Well, I, I got to get the shirt, too. I got to get the shirt. That's awesome. Well done right there. So, hey, join, play NBA Jam, and maybe you can win that shirt. And maybe you can win these if you're watching in the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live right now. The Nike Air Quartzide Michelob Ultra Exclusive Shoes. Gold and uh, blue was the color. Actually, blue and gold in terms of the paces right there. But that is the color. Those are originals, and you can win those. Get the high score here. Advance to the finals as well. Maybe to win NBA Jam, the arcade game outright. Yay! I would love to see you. So get here. Back nine Morris to Drover and here you are really right next to the White River near south side of downtown would love to see you here all right Josh shirts Indiana State their head coach still to come Mike Chappell will go over Pro Bowl we will go over probably a little bit of free agency and some senior bowl stuff with Mike in the five o'clock hour but on the other side uh, this is Absolute Can't Miss. Head coach of the Boilermakers, Matt Painter, he joins us coming up next. The stream, the app, HD Radio, inside the AAA Membership Lounge, YouTube Live. Wherever you can listen, make sure you are next. 93.5 and 107.5, the fan.
1: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. And the beat goes on, yeah. And the beat goes on. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
6: Thank you to Ian Eagle of CBS. Ian Eagle's got to call the Boilermakers Wisconsin, along with Bill Raftery on Sunday. Ian Eagle, of course, of TNT. Talk Pacers-Knicks later on tonight right here on The Fan. We'll get back into that conversation a little bit later on. We've got Josh Schertz, Indiana State, a winner in Belmont last night. Drake coming up on Saturday evening at the Holman Center in Terre Haute. And Mike Chappell with the latest in Colts information for you. And whether or not there might be interests with Dan Quinn with Gus Bradley. I'm not thinking there will be, but you think there will be? Oh, no. No, I'm sorry. Cam was giving me a thumbs up, but not for that talk to Mike about that and more coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. Back nine we are off of Drover. NBA jams being played. High score wins. These Nike Air original courtside shoes, courtesy of Michelob Ultra and advances to the finals coming up in a couple of weeks. Again, off of Drover, back nine. We would love to see you here with Michelob Ultra. However, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline right now, his team went to overtime and beat Northwestern last night at Arena in West Lafayette. Joining us, the head coach of the Purdue Boilermakers, of course, I mentioned that big game coming up on Sunday in Madison against Wisconsin, Matt Painter with us now. Hey, Matt, thank you for the time. How are you? Joining us now the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline, coming off a win last night in overtime over Northwestern in what really was, to me, the uh, game of the year in the Big Ten so far. Uh, Purdue head coach Matt Painter is with us. Hey, Matt, thank you for the time. How are you? Good, good. Thanks for having me on. Uh, it was fantastic watching that game last night, and here's why. Um, you you got to coach it up, and you probably don't view it the same way as fantastically as I do in a lot of these aspects. But I love the the punch and counter punch nature with two teams going to their strengths like that. I, I really thought that that was the Big Ten game of the year so far last night. Yeah,
5: it was obviously from an offensive standpoint. Um, you know, they're they're such good shot makers. You know, they have a great playmaker in Boo Booey that really is uh, magical in the way he can make, you know, tough plays, tough shots, step back threes. Uh, Ty Berry gets off to such a good start. So those guys scored 71 points. or three guards against us the first time. And so uh, with Langborg getting 20, also with Ty Berry to go along with Boo Boo, he's 30. So like, you know, you know, going in, you can't let them get into that rhythm. And that's exactly what they got into. They got into an unbelievable rhythm. Um, really, just a couple guys, right? But that's when you can carry the load. They had 13 threes from two players. So, like when they get their head up like that and start making tough shots, uh, those threes—that's that, what you gotta. That's what you gotta try to stop because that's what's gonna get you at the end of the day. And uh, we're very fortunate. You know, we obviously just, you know, outscored them and got a break here and there. We're very fortunate. Boo, boo, he missed that floater in regulation because I think he makes that 75 percent of the time.
6: So Matt Painter, the head coach of the Boilermakers, with us. So I was on my way home listening to uh, Rob and, and Bobby, and and Bobby had mentioned something about a, a zone that was specifically designed. And he said zone, and my ears kind of perked up a little bit when I was listening at that time. But it was designed <laughs> regarding uh, the defending. In certain situations, boo, booey. And I wanted you to elaborate a little bit more on what he was talking about last night. And, and by design, defensively, what you guys are trying to do.
5: Yeah, it was just, you know, he would get into his ISOs up top, and it wasn't really a, um, a true zone. You know, you were going to go from man to man into a zone appearance, then once he gets the ball out of his hands, you're going to match back to a man. A lot of teams in college basketball do something of that nature. So that's all we wanted to do. He's so good in those ISOs up top, We and they get almost into a low one-four. Sometimes they get – with a two and a one side. But for the most part, like they're, they're just trying to kind of move people around to give him space so he can navigate and play one on one basketball right there, which he's great at. So we just tried to hold a guy in there. And um, it was, you know, they missed a shot. They made a couple. I don't know how many times it ended up happening. They had to go into it for us to do it. It wasn't like we called a zone no matter what they were doing. They had to go into the ISO basketball to clear out there up top. So that's all, all we were trying to do. But it's something that you know a lot of people in college basketball do
6: so what was it a true would you call it a true zone because when he said zone I went what wait a minute I, no, I gotta get it, home
5: appears it appears as, it appears as okay. All right. so well. okay you load up you load up on it you, you get four people high to where he's got nowhere to go he gets the ball out of his hands, then you go and grab a man and then you you don't want him to get it back then right? Because that's the whole point. You're trying to get the ball out of his hands. We let him get it back once. We were fortunate enough. He missed a tough runner, but um, yeah, that's. So you want you're going from man to zone to man in the same possession. So take it how you want, but that's what that's what we did.
6: Now you talk about that that final possession and the floater from from Bowie in, in regulation. Uh, is is that what you thought? was that kind of the look you thought you were going to get from Northwestern you knew he was going to have the ball but did you think right. that's what he was looking for
5: yeah you know you know he's going to take what you get what you give him so you got to get into him because he's proven over time that he can dribble into a 25 footer and nail it in crucial times like sometimes guys can make that play they just don't make it when it counts he makes it when it counts that's what separates him from those lead guards like that, that have those type of ball skills and have that type of game. But, like, you're, you're just trying to get into him, trying to get him out of rhythm, trying not to give him an angle. Um, he gets an angle, which good players, when they have speed and quickness, they're going to get. And then he gets to that, you know, that floater. I think he got in between a little bit. And um, I don't know if he thought he was going to get all the way there, not all the way there, but that he that he took his his shot there and it was just off. We were like I said earlier, we were very fortunate because he makes that a lot of
6: times. So Matt Painter, who joins us up next, Wisconsin. I do want to get that uh, matchup for you coming up on Sunday. Get your thoughts on that. But you mentioned this a little bit earlier. You know, guys, you know Barry and then Bowie getting their head up, knocking down threes, and just overflowing with confidence. I mean, you could tell Bowie brings it anyway, but you could just tell these guys when. They they were shooting early on thought it was going in upon release does it work the same way and i'm going to give you an example your guys at the free throw line did they get in to a a man a couple of different moments where it kind of looked like that that's what they were expecting because their head looked down a couple of different times. i know you're missing and you're upset about it but can that work both ways
5: There's no question like it's whether you want to call it the morale of your team or the psychic of individuals like just like snowballing in the right direction or snowballing the other way like you got to understand when you allow people like and Boo Booey to get into that rhythm that you can actually play good defense after that they still might make some because they've gotten into that rhythm and they're a great shooter so for the free throws on the reverse of it, like you're doing something positive. Like, you are you know, you've gotten fouled, you're getting to the free throw line, and now you're missing a front end, you're splitting two, you're missing both, whatever it might be. Now you think you're doing something wrong, and that's what, as a coach, you really got to get with them. And that's all we were trying to do is be as positive as po- possible. But <clears throat> they just, you know, <laughs> we weren't consistently making them. But what we were doing to get there were good things, right? And so you're getting into that double bonus, you're getting fouled, but you're missing them. And so, like, that was, um, you know, if you're making them, the game's over. Like, you know, we take the game and we we push it out. But, um, yeah, it's hard for each individual guy, like Trey Kaufman, Wren, like, that's that's why I took him out, simply because, like, you know, he's one for five from the line. Zach, somebody who's missing his free throws also, he's about 50% in the game. And so, like, now if I got two guys in there and they keep getting fouled, like now at some point, like, you got to back up off of that and try to lessen one of them. And then hopefully, you know, you, you start to make more and keep doing good things. But you're doing good things, the moral of the story is. You're doing really good things, but you're not rewarding yourself. But don't go away from what you're doing keep doing that because sooner or later you're going to, you're going to get your dumps, you're going to get your wide open threes, you're going to hopefully make your free throws as you go forward. Yeah, that's what we want. You know, We want those deep post-ups, we want the ball at the rim, we want open rhythm threes, and we want to get to the free throw line. That's where analytically you're going to be you know, putting yourself in an elite position.
6: Yeah, it's funny too, maybe just to me, but you guys were going, they were going offensively, I mean, hell, nearly 58%, 59% for the game, and then to struggle like that from the free-throw line, sometimes there seems to be really no rhyme, no reason to it. It's really odd.
5: Yeah, well, you know, you've got to go back as each individual and look from a mechanical standpoint. Yeah. Like, what am I doing? Am I doing different things? Am I not consistent? Um, am I off left, right? Am I off short or deep? Or Is it a concentration issue? Is it a mechanical issue? Um, and then, you know, you just, you just work on things. It's like any other thing in basketball, like... You try to fix it. You can't look at the back of it and be result based and say like uh, just you're missing free throws again. No, you you get to the root of, of issues. Like if you turn the ball over too much, like what kind of turnovers are they? People are like, ah, you gotta fix your turnovers like, Well, like what are what we got here? We got three seconds, we got double dribble, we got light ball turnovers, uh, we got illegal screens, we got three seconds like what? What what is it like? You know, figure it out. Because now when you just talk in theory and you just, you know, you kind of go on a result-based issue, you're not getting to the core of the problem. Get to the core of the problem, own it, and then you can fix it.
6: you ever uh, have a team, coach a team that got to the free throw line as much as you guys did last night?
5: No. No, but it's, it's the way it is with him. Like, that's just the point of it. We had the number one free throw disparity. So when people make a big deal about it, like, you, uh, you know, you wave a flag like you don't understand basketball. Like, we had the number one free-throw disparity last year in the country. Okay, 35 games. So, like, now when you go and look at the free-throw disparity that we get, like, in individual games and, like, what we've done this year, I haven't looked this year where we are nationally, but we got to be one of the top ten teams, all right? It's him. Like, if you go take a game that is go, – go grab any game, any game, not last night's, just go grab any game, and you watch it and you look at it, and then you say, okay, here's what he gets away with and here's what they get away with. You'd be as surprised of the ledger, like how strong one is versus the other. So they can't call everything, but he gets fouled every play. If you go on the letter of the law, he gets fouled every single play almost. And so, like, like, I don't know what to tell you. Like, you know, and so, like, when you complain that, you know, look at the free throw disparity, you know, even basketball people that say it, like, a, it's like a coach. When a coach says, man, look at it, it's eight to two. Like, it's really one of the dumbest comments you can make. Because one team could foul eight times and the other guy, could, the other team could foul two times, right? Like it can't happen. It doesn't have to even up, but it's the old myth in you know in basketball, in competitive basketball. Then all of a sudden you see the refs even it up. Why do they have to even it up if one team fouled eight times, one team fouled two? Like maybe it is four to four, but. Like it makes no sense when you say that because when you go look at a game, you got to go look at each individual play. It's like I watched the North Carolina Georgia Tech game at the end of the night. I don't know if you saw it, yeah. but there was a there was a the question on whether the the guard for North Carolina got fouled at the end, and someone says, "Do you think that's a foul?" And I said, "I didn't watch the whole game to understand like what was being called and what wasn't." And they go, "Why does it matter?" I said, "Oh, it matters." like they they gotta set okay, how this this game's gonna go, but I'm a big believer is you don't mess with the shooter, so like you know you shoot the basketball, but who initiates contact versus you know who doesn't initiate contact's important too um it was the theory thirty forty years ago was like you know the refs don't decide a game, and you don't make that call at the end. That's not the case. If you get fouled on a shot, it's a foul that that should be called, but you gotta be able to watch a whole game and watch each individual. Play to like understand. Okay, what's being called? What's not being called? It should be the same every game, but it's not the same every game. So that's a big piece of things when things are being called or not being called.
6: You and I have talked about this before, and I I, I'm curious are are they better at at whistling the big man game with Zach down low? Where where are they right now? For example, compared to you know if we'd had this conversation this time a year ago,
5: they're better. They're better now than they were like that. There's no question about that. They're not letting those guys chuck him. Like when he dives to the basket after a free throw, Like, we had games last year where guys were just like, like trying to, just to crack him and hit him as hard as he could when he dove, and we'd have officials ignore it. And then you would talk about it with them, and they would kind of look at you like they didn't know what you're talking about. And they saw it. Like, and they just let it go. These guys are getting that egregious call now. When you dive and they they crack you, and they get there, they still are going to put two hands in the back. They're still going to put their knee up their backside right there. Then try. So they try to get him because his jump hook from like four or five, six feet is pretty efficient. When he gets out a little bit too far and he's at like eight to 10 feet, it's not as efficient. That's where you'll see him maybe over dribble a little bit. Cause he's trying to get deeper as he can. But my question to them is always, are the rules the same for him as they are for everybody else? And the answer is always yes. Right. They can't say you have separate rules. Then just call it the same way. And then he's so physically dominant that they can't. So they let certain things go. And then they just, you know they just jump down into a rabbit hole that's really dangerous because now they know like, but they gotta get the egregious stuff they can't hit him on the arm. We had a couple plays at Rutgers to where he just gets smashed, and they don't call anything, and it's like you just gotta get the ones that are really egregious
6: so Matt Painter, the head coach of the Boilermakers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. We talked about the the field goal percentages, and this is something you'd brought up to me before, I think the last time we talked about you know sometimes you can shoot well or, or defend well if the other team is shooting well. What do you think about your team's defense, even though Northwestern shot at such a high clip last night?
5: I, I thought they just, you know, really not in their action as much. I just thought they got away from us to get into rhythm on shots. And like, especially Ty Berry, like we let Ty Berry get his head up. Now he made a couple of more tough shots, but it was after he got in his rhythm, like right away. Like it didn't think about the atmosphere and the environment. Like it didn't phase those guys at all. At all, like those guys are like, you know, that ball wasn't, you know, it was all net. Yeah, you know, those, those shots they were making. So we just allowed them to get their heads up. I, our attention to detail has to be better before our guy catches the basketball. That's where our issue is. We we got to do our guards have to do a better job of just the, the details of being with people and getting people out of rhythm. Not to get a better contest, to be there so they don't get the shot up like a ball screen defense, we're still not staying into the basketball. And then we're, we're allowing ourselves to get clipped a little bit and get screened. And that's all those guys need, you know, and Zach like isn't a drop. And so like, he's not always high up in there and rightfully so we were trying to get him up as the game progressed, get him up, but we didn't want that dive and we didn't want, they're so good at their flip-ups to their big guy. And so that was something that I think we we, we have to do a better job of. You
6: know what's funny about watching that last night, Matt, was uh, Boo-Booey, for example, he uh, stroked that three over Zach. And, you know, a lot of people look at it as, oh, wow. And, and you saw the paint crew's reaction. It was like that Reggie Miller shot in the garden against the Knicks in the 90s where, you know, you could see all the hands on the faces because he was the one shooting it. And what occurred to me, and I think you may have alluded to it last night, was that just looked like a normal stroke over a dude, the seven foot four that was I'm putting right. pressure on. And he, he is, boo-boo, he is so tough as nails at making those shots look easy when that thing is, clearly almost impossible and it really was amazing to see that moment yeah no
5: question like he, he's um i said in the, the post game interviews i said yeah, he's magical yeah. like when he gets his head up and he's making his runners his floaters getting to the his kind of his pivot game he's great in a pivot game and he just shot fakes shot fakes just waiting for you to do something foolish drawing fouls making hooks but when he's got it going and he can get that step back going and he just gets that ball in the air. So a 7-4 guy coming at him, you know, he's in that rhythm. And so, like, that, that is a really, really tough shot for everybody. But it's not tough for him.
6: Yeah, good decision maker. He just kind of feels you out. It looks like, and then uh, makes yes, that. Yeah, the game has thing.
5: slowed down for him. Yeah, like guys that get it figured out. That you know, the game has really, really slowed down for him.
6: I'm glad you brought that up. Um, how about your guys? Have you seen here? Let's just say, for example, with with Fletcher Lawyer with Braden Smith, how much has the game slowed down for them when they're yeah. out there
5: now? Yeah, well, I think it's really slowed down for Braden. Braden's in a different situation. Just, you know, as our main yeah. decision maker, coming off ball screens. Um he was great in his progressions and his reads and finding guys and understanding what the defense was doing. You know, Fletch makes, you know, huge shots, made a huge shot last night. So but I just thought our team was resilient. They stayed with it. Um, I thought we had reasons to fold, um, and we didn't. You know, Lance Jones made some, you know, key plays. Obviously Zach getting thirty and fifteen, but um I just thought it was a total team effort. I thought our bench did some really good things. Um, you know, Mason Gillis really stretches our defense. I felt bad for Trey Kaufman because he did some really good things for us. and um, But he, did, he didn't reward himself. And, you know, I know it was frustrating for him and Zach there, but um, they'll work on it and they'll get it figured out and, and knock him down next time. So, But I, I just – I'm probably missing some guys here. But, like, our ability to make shots and then his presence and then playmaking out of ball screens from Braden, that's a really good balance. But I just thought our guys hung in there. And uh you can't when they make shots like that man you've gotta move to the other end and and you can't hang your head and we were doing a lot of different things, like you know obviously we went to you know trying to slow boo booy down a little bit uh, we did a lot of offense defense subs like we were we were trying to uh, do everything in our power to give us the best chance.
6: How much responsibility is on the shoulders of Braden Smith game to game, especially in one like that, you know, on the opposite of a guy like Bowie, for example, who has been through it so many different times. And obviously the game had slowed down so much for him.
5: Yeah. I mean, it's, you can call it responsibility, but you're just, you know, you're playing a game. He he has a very natural instinct to make the right play. Um, Sometimes he'll get in trouble when he has a predetermined thought um but when he just takes how they <clears throat> how they handle him and just take what they give him um you know there's nobody better in the country at that like he he's got just a great feel for passing the basketball whether he's going to you know last night they hedged you know higher they they tried to blitz a couple times but they really were just coming into a flat aggressive hedge or even getting out a little bit on it so you know get out getting outside that guy's shoulder things will open up a little bit more. But when you get outside that shoulder and Zach's dive into the rim, like you got to take him on down there. And so now you don't, you know, there's a reason why heavyweights fight heavyweights in boxing. So now you've got a guard holding at the rim and here comes Zach. Like what's he going to do? You know, so he's got to get in front of him to take away the direct pass. You saw late in the game, we slipped out of a couple of them and Braden finds him for dunks. But now you take that away. That's why you see, you know, when he gets outside that shoulder, Braden just skips it to that outside guard on the other side. And now that guy's just sitting there shooting a the wide open shot. So they have a decision to make when they defend it that way. But they they started the game at third place in a drop. and that's See, when you get into a drop, especially a deep drop, and you can screen the on-ball guy and get him off you, that's where Braden's going to get those pull-up threes. That's where you see Braden get more pull-up threes like against Arizona. That's where you see a lot more that he got in the non-conference because a lot of people were playing drop. Well, if you can't make that pull up, they don't care if you shoot that. Well, Braden just consistently knocked that down. So more people are getting aggressive with him. So now sometimes he's got to be able to play and know that he's going to get that hockey assist and so and not try to directly always get assists. So then now if he can't get that and he can't get that skip pass, well, then the guy coming behind, he's the one that's open. So now when you throw it back, now you've got Zebo On the high-low, you got that jump. That's why you see Mason Gillis open on top and just getting those wide-open ones is because they were switching like who they were guarding with. They would take the dive, and then Mason would be open. Then they would cover Mason as the guy coming behind, and then they would pull from the opposite corner and hold that guy there, and then Braden would find him. So that's his progression right there in a nutshell. Like, do, can I get to my pull-up? Probably not here because they're hedging high. Can I get by his shoulder and get to the rim? Uh, they were pretty aggressive. You're not going to you know, get to that too much the way they were defended. But if I can get outside of his shoulder, I got the opposite guy and I got Zebo diving. And then if I can't, and I know I can't, I got to get the ball out of my hands early because now we got them in a rotation. Now the guy coming behind, which is Mason a lot of times, has got that. You got your high-low. You got your reversal. If you can pay attention to all that stuff, I appreciate it, but <laughs> If you think basketball and you're a basketball person or a coach, that's easy to see. But if you're just listening, you're probably like, what in the hell is he talking I,
6: about? Uh, yeah, well, I love basketball, but honestly, I probably would need a bit of a helper right there. Uh, a little bit. I, I think you may have lost me after the first or second cut. But no. There you go. No, I um, seriously, I, when you go back to that Northwestern, that, that first matchup in Evanston, uh, which was the win for Northwestern, how much... Different or or maybe even so much, how much the same did they approach this game last night in West Lafayette?
5: They, they started off in a drop against there, and then we had a lot of success with it. We got up into a lead, and then they went away from it. So they had more, even though we scored, I think, close to 90 points. Um, they had more success doing what they did last night. So we felt like that what they were going to do last night, that's what we were prepared for. And so, like, they go into a lot of offensive <clears> – <throat> floppy action, which is just a double pin, and they get a lot of stuff off their curl action, so we wanted to try to eliminate that curl action, and they didn't get much of that at all in the game, but they what they got was just when they just played offensively. They got more. They got, they got probably a handful of things off a wide pin, which we needed to do a better job of defending, um, probably needed to get on top. Sometimes it's hard to get on top because it goes pretty quick for them, and we just we, we got into a bind there, and they scored off of that a handful of times. The other stuff, like, well, we did a pretty good job there, but when they just played and broke us down, whether that was ball screens or just running their motion or whatever, that's where they got away from us. Like our, That's the reason I talked earlier about yep. our attention to detail just has to be better before our man catches the ball.
6: So Matt Painter with us. Before I let you go, I know they have a game at nebraska tonight but you get that match up on the road in madison against wisconsin coming up on sunday uh, a couple of thoughts regarding that game and uh, the type of wisconsin team that uh, you guys are going to see on sunday
5: yeah they've been great man they the, the pieces that they've added you know with Storm uh, blackwell coming off the bench and um, they have a dangerous bench connor a can really shoot um, the winter kid, the young kid's not getting a lot of time, but he does good things when he's in there in the short amount of time that he's in there. Um, I'm probably missing a guy or two. I like their, their starting fives, fabulous, right? They have experience. Um, their 5's experience, their 4's experience, their point guard Chucky Hepburns experience, Klezman's their 2, once again ex, you know, experience, they bring Storr in from St. John's as a sophomore and he's exactly what they need, you know, they need a guy that can go get him a basket, a guy that's a shot maker, just a good player, but Klezman's been fabulous in Big Ten play he does a good job of defending people um, you know, Chucky is a tough dude, he's got great hands he gets steals, you know um, Stephen Crawl and, and Wall has been, you know, they've been in the Big Ten longer than Boo Booey, you know. And so, like, these guys, like, they're just experienced. They're like NBA vets. So when you get, like, a guy like Boo Booey, like I said, the game slows down. Like, yeah, he's got that experience, man. He's got that toughness. He understands what's going on. Well, Wisconsin's got those type of guys, too, you know. And, like, that's what you got to be prepared for when you face teams like this is, like, everybody's good. Like, hey, if you stop him, you'll win. Like, if you stop one guy off Wisconsin, it could mean nothing in the game. It could mean nothing because they got four other guys out there on the court that can burn you also. So they got one of those teams where anybody can have that night to beat you. And so, like, that's what it's going to take for us is, like, good team defense, rebounding, taking care of the basketball. Collectively, we have to be better than them. Um, and that's why you need everybody on board. That's why you need everybody defending and, you know, just trying to steal possessions, you know, taking care of that basketball and uh, not letting them have second-chance opportunities.
6: Matt Painter joins us on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Um, You said a little bit earlier, uh, don't make yourself look stupid when you say stuff, and I'm going to make myself look stupid right now. This is how I view Wisconsin, at least this year. They do the same stuff they normally do, but to me they look more athletic. Is there any truth to that? from what you've seen?
5: Uh, yeah, they're more athletic, but they're they're better uh, in terms of they have more people that are shot makers. Okay. So I think that's where, and then you see Chucky Hepburn um, not being as aggressive offensively, but he can be. So if they need him to score, he'll score. But he hasn't as much because, you know, you got two guys coming off the bench that can really shoot the basketball. you got your two, three that can really shoot the basketball that starts. So he's got a lot of shot makers. Tyler Wall has always been a playmaker. He's been a guy that could drive the basketball, post the basketball, just do whatever it takes. Like he just does a lot for his team. You know, and is a guy that can score at the rim and he can make an open three. And so like you have that balance as a five man to where like, okay, if like you can handle him down there, but can you handle him out on the perimeter and vice versa? So they just have a lot of weapons. And so I, I would think like, you know, they still have the same foundation, the same pillars of what they do defensively and what they do offensively. You know, they're a ball control team. They play with more, a little bit more possessions this year because they can get you in transition, especially at home. you got to be careful, all right, because they will still push that basketball and try to steal some points in that area. But then they're just, you know, they're an efficient offensive team. They're one of the best offensive teams in our league. And I think that's an important piece for us is like, you just got to make things difficult. Like if they're going to get some open shots and they're going to get to the free throw line, you're probably in trouble. Like you can't allow them to get into those rhythm, but we've gotten into games, whether it was last night's game or Alabama game. um, There's probably a couple others in there where we just simply outscore people. And then I told our guys about the loss in Nebraska. I just said, like, guys, there's no difference in this game than there is, and then the Alabama game, is you couldn't stop Alabama and you couldn't stop Nebraska, but you outscored Alabama. We didn't outscore Nebraska today. Like, we couldn't stop Northwestern. But the thing was, they couldn't stop us either. So I said in the post game, I just said, like, I don't think either team's going to, you know, get compared to the 85 Bears. (laughs) Um, And and so, like, from a defensive standpoint, there's going to be games the ball doesn't go in. There's going to be games that you don't make your free throws. Like, when you're in those situations and you don't score as much, can you grind it out and win? And So even though the Rutgers game was, you know, a little bit of an ugly game for us, it still was a good thing because we found a way to win. And then, like, you play Northwestern, and then, like, in a different sense, right, because it's a high-scoring game, we found a way to win, which, you know, that's that's kind of part of it. Like, you get at the end of the Northwestern game, I can go show you a couple plays at Northwestern that win against us. We had a couple calls that just flat went against us. It's part of it. They had a couple calls at the end of our game that went against them. And I, that's it stinks. You know, that's why you see him get upset or whatever, because that's hard when you're competitive, man. And they played – they played a winning basketball game last night so that that's really hard and but the fact is you had two teams playing a winning basketball game and that's just kind of the breaks of things we didn't get the breaks down the stretch there i don't think they at the end they felt like they didn't get the breaks and that's you know that's that, that's frustrating it's, it's a hard thing it's a hard thing to take at times
6: by the way in closing here no doubt that when i was in green county going through school i know that they put the sectional teams in a hat i know that they did that. <laughs> <laughs> they put them in a hat and then somebody picked them out and we never ever ever got a buy ever ever There you go so yeah it's hey,
5: it's one of the most foolish things and you won't find <laughs> you won't find anybody that's a bigger proponent of indiana high school basketball than me it is foolish what they do yeah think if you did the, think if you did the nfl playoffs And you go, like, whatever, you lose two or three games, you're the best team, and say, hey, you got to play the second best team in the first round. Well, we don't get a bye? Nope, sure don't. It's ridiculous. Like, it's just like, and a lot of people will say, well, this is the way we've done it or whatever. See, I've worked at a handful of different schools, and, like, you get to those schools and something will happen. I'll be like, well, why do you guys do that? they'll be like, well, this is the way we've always done it. You know what? That's not a good enough answer. (laughs) Why don't we, you know what I mean? Like we do it this way because it's the best thing for our student athletes. We do it this way because it's the best thing for our institution. Those are the answers that you want, right? Because that's, you, you want that for your student athletes. You want that for your school. You want that for your conference, whatever it might be. So the fact that they draw names out of a hat for a sectional, like, isn't, isn't a good deal because the people making those decisions, like, They didn't work for the past three, four years to put their team in that position. So now you put your team in the best position because you're the best team, and now you go into the worst scenario in the sectional because of the draw of a hat? That's that's foolish. That needs to be changed. Like, just change it. That's not history. (laughs) You know, history is great players and great teams and great coaches. And you know, that that's the history of things. Like that's, that isn't history. This is the way we've done it. It's never been broken, but no, 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 no. They need to save all that because like, like Braden, not making that thing was like, like they just didn't think they got people in the room. That's not really, really looking at things in terms of individual stats and team stats. They just didn't. Yeah. Like we played at uh, Alabama and they had a guard named Mark Sears. I don't know if he's a point guard. He's a two. He's a basketball player. He's not on either one of them. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like, I, you put him where you want. He he deserves to be on it. He's fabulous. Then we have a, a guard in our league, Jameer Young. I mean, yeah. he's a top five or six point guard in the country, and so is Braden. It's just like, look what this guy has done. He's got Jameer Young's at the second or third most points right now in the, in, in the NCAA. I mean, he's got like twenty three hundred points or something crazy. Like, but he's. Made big shot after big shot. He's a winner. He's a good player, a really good player. And he's not on it. So, like, when things like that happen and there's just no no logic, sometimes you got to split hairs. And you're like, okay, they're not on there, but look, like, who are you taking off? I can tell you you're taking off real quick. I'm not going to do it because it's not <laughs> their fault. But I can tell you real quick, as yeah. long as it's not public consumption. Are you sure. I mean, but, but if you go look at the stats, if you go take them and you look at the stats, like, they did a graphic for Braden, and like they showed like all these categories where he's better than eight of them. He's better than nine of them. In wins, he's better than ten of them. He's better than seven of them. He's better than six of them. He's better than four of them. Here, he's better than five. So like it just shows like you know from an individual standpoint, there's no doubt he should be on there. But then when you throw the team piece of it in, don't you think winning's important? like and so but when you look at those other guys and some of the stuff like I just don't think either they don't have the right people in the room or they're just not putting any time
4: into it I, I, I'm not quite sure.
6: Ah man and then you got somebody like me who uh, stops the tape right in the middle of it so right the Stay outtakes it, man. yes the, I'm trying I'm only 54 years old you can't right. expect me to handle down. myself any better outtakes. than there you go <laughs> Hey, man, I appreciate it uh, good win last night no doubt about that best of luck luck in Wisconsin coming up on Sunday, and we'll do it again very soon, Matt. I appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. It's uh, Matt Painter, the head coach of the Boilermakers on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Um, I'll get a little insight, and I'm always honest with you, and I would have said it right there, but oftentimes in this situation, I tape. And so I'm at back nine today, and I actually taped this with Matt a little bit earlier. And full disclosure, as James can attest to, I stopped it right in the middle of it with my elbow. I stopped it. So the outtakes in this are a thousand times, I shouldn't say a thousand times better, but the outtakes are pretty good right here, because me, the nuts, decided to stop the tape with his elbow in the middle of it right there. And I say tape, it's not tape, it's digital. But uh, we got a hell of a laugh out of that, too. I go, hey, wait a minute, hey! I think I just stopped everything here. So... That's nice. Really nice there, host of the show. 54 years of age, don't know anything. Hey, back to the back nine coming up in just a minute, too. We got more for you as well. Your chance to win with NBA Jam High Score gets the shoes. We'll talk that up with Michelob Ultra and more. We're live at the back nine today with Michelob Ultra. Thanks to Matt Painter for joining us per usual and sitting through my ridiculousness on this afternoon. 93.5 and 107. Five, the fan. Back with you next. (laughs)
1: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclib 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
0: The Ride with JMV. 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
6: Hey, welcome back. Back nine's our location today. We're on the second level off of Drover Street. Michelob Ultra brings the NBA Jam Arcade Game, where if you get the high score, you advance to the finals. If you get the high score today, you win these original Nike Air courtside Michelob Ultra shoes. This is for the high score today, while also vaulting to the finals in a couple of weeks, which the winner of that, We'll get an incredible amount of tickets courtesy of Michelob Ultra and Zinc. I mean, up front and personal at your favorite shows and the arcade game, NBA Jam, to You win that. Now, I got to give a shout-out quickly. Andy Hadley, if you guys are watching inside the AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, Andy Hadley came by. And he's from Terre Haute, works here in Indy. Uh, shout-out here to... Uh, is it uh, yeah, Global Logistics here? Is it RL? Is that RL cam right there? Global Logistics? You know, it's funny, I've got the goggles on, but it doesn't make my vision any better. Anyway, Andy from Terre Haute, who works here at in Indy, brought me the uh, Robbie Goggles, Robbie Avila, the Goggles, the sophomore from Indiana State, the Goggles, and this outstanding. Robbie Goggles T-shirt right here. So thank you very much, Andy, for that. Andy living in Terre Haute and working here at Indy with the Robbie Goggles goggles and T-shirt today, man. That's outstanding. Hey, Josh Schurz, the head coach of Indiana State, by the way, is going to join us coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour, so be ready for that. Mike Chapel too. Hey, this reminder, I had mentioned this. Hey, Tony, go ahead and t- check that out, too, Tony. I had mentioned that the conversation I had with Matt was on tape, and I I had inadvertently, like, stopped it with my elbow. (laughs) Inadvertently, unknowingly, whatever. And we restarted it again. And as it kind of always is, we just start kind of talking about stuff. I have – I didn't actually get all of the interview there. The interview went 35, 36 minutes. And I think that one – We kept everything in there that we thought, especially coming after that game, you wanted to hear. But there's even more. When I mentioned during the end of the interview some outtakes, there's some good stuff in there. Some extra good stuff. 1075thefan.com and the podcast. I think James put that up there in its entirety with uh, me and Matt Painter. It is pretty good. Even more stuff that we just didn't have time to get to, uh, especially with this road show. That is really good that if you want to go back, if you're a Boilermaker fan or just a basketball fan in general, 107.5, the fan.com. And you get about 35, 36 minutes, probably an extra 10 to 12 with uh, me and Matt Painter, the head coach of Purdue, 107.5, the fan.com. So you can go there if you want to check it out. Actually, James, If you want to, you can send it out as an entirety, and I'll retweet that or re-exit, if you will, coming up a little bit later on. So, no, outstanding conversation with Matt Painter. We appreciate his time. Mike Chappell will join us coming up in the 5 o'clock hour. I don't know if... Dan Quinn getting the gig with the Commanders is going to mean that Gus Bradley may end up getting poached and go over there, but it may be worthy of a question I will lob to Mike Chapel coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Plus, you got the Senior Bowl, and so many of these Colts draft selections during the Ballard era, and I know what you're going to say, what has it led to? All right, I understand, but just for the sake of a discussion right now, so many of those have developed as draft selections with a visit to the Senior Bowl. We'll talk to Mike about that coming up in the 5 o'clock hour as well. Free agency, the Pro Bowl, and whether or not there's any means and measures in which Gardner Minshew going to the Pro Bowl would escalate any sort of cost to retain him if the Colts are thinking about doing Just that. So Mike Chappell coming up here. That's at the five o'clock hour. Josh Schurz, Indiana State's head coach. Indiana State on the road last night, got down 19 in the first half, came from behind to beat Belmont down in Nashville. So they're still atop of the Missouri Valley. They get coming up on Saturday evening, six o'clock, Drake. And if you remember about a month ago, Tucker DeVries and Drake. It was a good game, and in fact, Indiana State, at the beginning of the second half, probably about to the 15-minute mark, had a seven-point lead. That dissolved, and they end up losing to Drake. So a little bit of revenge opportunity, and to stay atop the Missouri Valley for Indiana State against Drake coming up on Saturday at 6 o'clock. And what should be once again, much like last weekend, with Bradley and Tarot will be a raucous home and center Josh Schertz about last night and his thoughts on what has been going on, especially in the past month with his team and Indiana State and Terre Haute in general. Talk to Josh about that coming up at about 5:30 today. Also, get the Pacers and the Knicks coming up from Madison Square Garden later on tonight. How much time does Halliburton get this evening? More than certainly, we saw the other night in Boston. But this is one of those games, and again, it was clarified today, there's going to be no Julius Randle. Julius Randle, 24 points a game, and over nine rebounds a game for the Knicks, will be out for an extended period of time with a separated right shoulder. And that is a major blow dealt to this Knicks team that since the Ananobi trade from the Raptors has been outstanding. This Knicks team has been as good as anybody. We talked to Ian Eagle of CBS and TNT a little bit earlier about that, and you know specifically gave us that insight on the Knicks and what they have done with Tom Thibodeau. They have changed the element of their team to be more reflective to what Thibodeau wants. And at least here as of late, when you look at it with Ananobi, they have been much better, one of the better teams in the NBA. Now, the Pacers, in the month of January, we talked about that. There are major obstacles. The schedule, the second toughest in the NBA during that span. And without the services, for the most part, of Tyrese Halliburton, when you look at it, in the month of January, they go 10-7. and 7. If you were to look at that schedule going into January and knowing what you know about Halliburton missing that much time, does it look good to you that they go 10 and 7? Now, on 10 and 7 is, is nothing jumping off the paper. But to me, you'll take that and run with it, considering the circumstances. And now, considering that the schedule will start here, not tonight, not tomorrow night but we'll start to ease up a little bit. Now also a part of that equation is when the Pacers have had what we would suggest is an easy schedule, we have seen letdowns. We have seen losses at home to Charlotte, to Chicago, to Toronto. We've seen bad losses at home. We've seen bad losses on the road to the crappy Washington Wizards. So whenever we have talked about this schedule easing up a little bit, It's not like that the Pacers have always equated to that, right? Actually, they've equated to that in terms of the level in which, hey Cam, by the way, that battery's running low right there, and the ways in which that they have played. So we'll see if that is a huge factor. But you look at 10-7 and in January, and I think, again, considering the circumstances, you probably have to be pretty happy about that, don't you? All in all, the way that you look at it? The Knicks, very tough. The Knicks without Julius Randle later on tonight. The Knicks and the Pacers can be heard, of course, right here. Now, if you're watching back on Bally with Chris and Quinn and Jeremiah Johnson, Eddie Gill coming up later on tonight as well. But you can hear it. Mark Boyle, Eddie Gill, and Pat Boylan coming up later on right here. So tonight, to me, is more of a gauge than it was against Boston the other night. And honestly, even in the loss, I was impressed with that. The way that they hung in, got down early. Boston shot the lights out of the second quarter. Being able to hang, being able to show, being able to have that opportunity to win it. I mean, really late. One possession game, took the lead late. Even in a loss, that was certainly impressive. All right, I got time for you 239 1070. Take some calls, thoughts on Purdue Northwestern last night. What you heard from Matt Painter, what you thought regarding Matt Painter about last night's game. You know, about the free throws attempted by the Boilers. How about the free throws missed by Purdue as well? We can talk, uh, take your calls at 239-1070 coming up next on that. And uh, talk about a variety of other things, too, including the Pacers and the Knicks later on tonight. But right now, I'd love to see you. Back nine. Grover Street, near south side of downtown, right next to the White River with Michelob Ultra. NBA Jam is being played. Would love to see you here. The high score goes to the finals and the high score wins these shoes, if you're watching in the AAA Membership Lounge on YouTube Live. So join us again. High score wins NBA Jam, Michelob Ultra. Our friends, shout out to Danny Hayes. Our good friend here at the Back Nine, always a great place to go. Well, maybe even hit some golf balls, too. It is an incredibly warm day considering what we've been through and day number one of February out here. So being outside and hitting golf balls would be outstanding. Again, Back Nine, Location, Grover, Michelob Ultra, NBA Jam, our friends are all here You should be, too. Mike Chappell, top of the hour. Josh Schertz, Indiana State, bottom of the five. Your call's at 239-1070. Coming at you next.
1: Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
0: The Ride with JMV. We're putting the band back together.
5: Forget it. No way. We're on a mission from God.
0: 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan.
6: Hey, welcome back. We're at the back nine. We're playing NBA Jam. We're trying to find a high score here. So the high score can win this pair of shoes that I've been wearing. And then ultimately advance to the finals. All right. I got to give a shout out to Jason. Jason's a friend of the show. That's B-B-O-H. At Bush underscore Jason. I think I've retweeted it already. I think Tony Donnie, who was here, I'm sure he's going to retweet it too. But, you know, I was showing the NBA Jams logo that they have on the T-shirts for winners here and what they're giving away at the back nine. That is, you know, JMV Jam. And it's got me and B-Swift from Hot 100.9. He's the afternoon guy there. And it's got us going against one another. Kind of like the NBA Jam, you know, the, the two person teams in the NBA jam style that they have. Well, Jason had created this years ago and I thought that it had, had gone. Uh, apparently it is still here. <laughs> it is the the JMV sucks basketball logo and it's hilariously brutal. It is me. It's me. Have you seen this? The NBA, no, I should say, the JMV sucks logo. I'll uh, again send this back out via X, and this is Jason that created. It. I want to make sure he gets all the credit for it. But if you're me, it's an absolute brutality. It is. Thank you very much. It is. It is a brutality. <laughs> I thought it was gone, and there it is, getting right back in there, and it is outstanding now, especially if you ate my guts, which i'm sure there are a lot of people that do out there uh, I'm sure this is something that you'll want to go ahead and you and if you like me, probably as well and and I know this has been mentioned i don't know about this one for the shop in Broad Ripple and Carmel i don't know about this for Alex and and Brian to put together. The JMB Sucks League. It is brutal. Absolutely brutal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if the shop gets a hold of it. It may end up going someplace right there. Thank you very much, Jason, for that. Thanks to our good friends at Zinc 2 and Michelob Ultra for supplying everything and uh, we got a lot more for you Matt Painter really good if you missed any of it podcast 107.5 thefan.com and as I mentioned um, the full interview is found in the podcast because we went about 35 or 36 minutes and the full interview there is more that you did not hear uh, more reg- There's some high school stuff in there with Matt and I and, and some uh, some Wisconsin stuff in there too uh, the podcast, 1075thefan.com. If you missed Matt earlier, really good per usual. Ion Eagle of CBS. Ion Eagle is the voice of the Final Four. Ion Eagle and Bill Raftery have Purdue and Wisconsin coming up on Sunday. That's in Madison. And Ion Eagle talked about that matchup with us. Uh, talked a little NBA. Great insight on the Knicks. Pacers Knicks coming up tonight at Madison Square Garden. As I mentioned earlier, It was solidified today that Julius Randle, who's over 24 points a game, over nine rebounds a game, will be lost for an extended period of time with a right shoulder dislocation. So definitely out tonight. We'll see if all the Pacers are going. It appears that T.J. McConnell, who was ill in Boston the other night after missing the previous game for personal reasons, it appears that he is in NYC. With the Pacers tonight, we'll get a, a good look, good read on it, I'm sure, with some of these reports that we'll follow in the 5 o'clock hour. But that's the situation with the Pacers. Pacers-Knicks, now, hanging in with Boston, great. This is the type of game, especially without Julius Randle, even though the Knicks have played very well since that deal with O.G. Ananobi from Toronto, this is a game that you really want to get. This is a game that you really want to get considering you get a back half of a double dip tomorrow night at Gambridge Fieldhouse against Sacramento. you really like to get this tonight. The opportunity is going to be there. We'll take a look exactly how much time is expected from Tyrese Halliburton this evening. And the availability of others coming up here in the 5 o'clock hour, too. We talked a little bit about that with Ian Eagle again earlier. TNT, NBA, and CBS. Again, Boilers in Wisconsin on Sunday. And Ian Eagle, along with Bill Raftery, will be on the call for that. So, yeah, a lot. Busy show so far today. And as I mentioned, too, my Sycamore's a winner last night. We'll talk to their head coach coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, too. All right. So what do you make of the Colts going into the offseason? We'll get into that with Mike Chappell coming up on the other side. You know, not deeply rooted into the expectation of the offseason, but exactly the direction he believes they're going to go. Is it the same type of Ballard plan, or is there an adjustment being made? Pro Bowl representation, Senior Bowl And a lot more coming up. You won't want to miss it. The latest regarding the Colts with Mike Chappell. That's coming up next. Josh Schertz of Indiana State, bottom of the 5 o'clock hour. Again, we're off of Drover, which is off of Morris, south side. We're at back nine. Michelob Ultra and NBA Jam. You're playing for the shoes and for a spot in the finals while we're here at the back night off of Drover on a Thursday. Quick break. We're back with you on the other side at Mike Chapel 2. The AAA Membership Lounge via YouTube Live, the stream, the app, HD Radio, at 93.5 and
1: 107.5. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. All hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at K-I-S-Q-A-L-I com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between.
0: Fan. The Ride with JMV. He's my best friend. He's my pal. He's my homeboy, my rotten soldier. He's my sweet cheese, my good time boy. 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan.
6: Back nine, everybody. Thank you for joining us. If you're inside the AAA Membership Lounge YouTube Live, shout out to you guys too. You can listen, watch, participate there. Matt Painter earlier, Maker head coach. Ian Eagle, TNT, and CBS, play-by-play man, the voice of the Final Four he has Purdue in Wisconsin coming up on Sunday. He was on the show. Josh Schertz, Indiana State head coach, coming up at the bottom of the hour. And back nine, Michelob Ultra NBA Jam getting the high score. This pair of shoes, if you're watching again inside the lounge, and getting the winner on to what is going to be an incredible final where you can win the NBA Jam arcade game and just a variety of tickets really to everything around here. This is going to be a great spring, summer, and fall for concerts, and, and Zinc and Michelob Ultra have you up front and personal with so many of them, your favorites, you win that as well, if you win the finals, but first you gotta get there, and uh, being the high scorer, we'll do that here. At the back nine off of Grover, our number three is now upon us. Now Matthew did ask me this, and I wanted to answer it. He says, do you think, and I get the, oh, he's our boy, do you think our boy Miles has a good chance of being named an all-star reserve with Embiid possibly being out and Randall being out. Now, that's interesting. Normally, I would say no, but if there are bodies out in the big category, I don't know how they add. I don't know if because it's also an indie, if that would play a role. I guess I would not completely dismiss it and part of me doesn't want to dismiss it because I know that it will drive some numb nuts out there crazy, and I love that. I love it. There was nothing that would be greater than that, at least in the moment. Yeah, normalcy would prevail. And I'd go, no. But just for the sake of the argument and knowing that a lot of you out there are getting all pissy as I speak makes me feel really good. Thank you. Thank you, Matthew, for that. Back to it in a second. Josh Hurts, bottom of the hour. Mike Chappell, CBS 4, Fox 59, covers the Colts. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. There's some moments in your life where you just hope that because you know who you might be dealing with from, I don't know, an ex, a tweet, or you know something via social media, and you hope that you're able to report something or talk about something that really kind of crams it up their rear end. Do you have those moments still? <laughs> Because I do, not
7: not as many as you do apparently. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get you know, a little bit well, of satisfaction out of that. I do. Well, see, see, one, one thing, and, and you, you'll you'll understand this, my son. The older you get, is the older <laughs> you get. What you want is less stress. You just you don't want stress. You want you know easy days, and and I know because stress is a pain in the ass. It really is. So I I yearn for for quiet days. I really do. Yeah, but
6: there are some days, like tonight will be one of those. And you probably have followed this, right? On nights of Pacer games, and it's it's really quiet. You can tell. If Miles has a good game, then my my Twitter or X handle is very quiet. If Miles doesn't, then it's very active. But it's every single night. It's funny. It's like I play, and I I don't play. (laughs) If I did, I'd get worked. But I don't play at all, but it's almost like that I play and I have something to do with it. So there's a little bit of me that has grown attached
7: to it. You know what I mean? And well, I've grown I, I, attached yeah, did, to it, and I, I don't know what I'd do without it. I, I, I'd like to – you know, the Pacers isn't my lane. The Colts is my lane. But I, I, has there been uh, as polarizing a player as Miles Turner? I, I, probably, but – so much of to me, it, it's attached to the fact that the, the the salary doesn't equate to what you want from the guy, and I understand that. But that's 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 not that's crazy. That's not Miles Turner's problem. You know, you want him to do more, although he's great at what he does. You want it's kind of I always equate him to Michael Pittman. I think Pittman's a great player. I want more, so so maybe it devalues him in some people's eyes. But I think Miles Turner again. I, there's probably another pacer I'm not talking like you know some you know uh some guy who was just a, an idiot. I'm talking about a really good player <laughs> that is so polarizing that you're either in his camp or you want to drive him to the airport so uh, no no, yeah. we
6: talked about the, hey Mike, we talked about this a little bit last week too, and by the way miles contract miles contract for a big doing what he does is good for the pacers. I mean they should love it honestly. The Pacers signed DeAndre Ayton to an offer sheet, and that would be an absolute stankin' mess right now. So right. they lucked out that Phoenix brought him back. However, I remember I, I, mentioning I, I think, this last I, I think, week. I think,
7: the, I think Miles is a really good player, and then of course he gets generally gets worked over by Embiid, which I mean, God, the guy's, you guys are averaging <laughs> thirty some points a game. Embiid is so a lot of guys are getting worked over by him. But it, it, it's it's where we are, and. and well, one thing again, I've I've learned over the years, and it's even more so with social media, is you gotta. I, I think you do it because you enjoy it. you enjoy the the controversy and the strife and all that. But you always have to consider the source. And there's a bunch of complete idiots out there that really have nothing better to do. And and again, just remind yourself what it takes to post something on on X. It takes Wi-Fi and a laptop and a finger. It doesn't take a brain or common sense. So you know, I I really enjoy X, Twitter, whatever you want to call it. But at the same time, I understand that there's too many. And again, the majority of the people are are pretty are, are pretty sane. But you get that sliver that, it, and that's the loud. Those those are the loud people, the loudest people who who have very little, you know, fact or, or common sense behind them but the louder you speak, sometimes they think it's going to be true when it's not. And it's just louder, stupid stuff.
6: I uh, think I told him, I think I told you this last week to me, the closest comparison to how miles is dealt with around here with many is Jim Caldwell, because he never yeah, got I, any of the credit for winning and got every
7: ounce of the blame for losing. Uh, that's true. That's true. And I, I don't disagree. And I, and, I, and we, we talked about this and I've, I, I've always thought he got such a bad, a, a, a bad reputation here when it really wasn't his doing. And oh, by the way, he was here when when Peyton's neck exploded. Uh, so yeah, it's it's too bad, and he never got his just dues in, De, in in Detroit when he did a good job there. So yeah, it's that, that, that's a good comparison, and it's just again there are polarizing people, and a lot of times, a lot of times. It's not based on anything valid. It's just that that he did that he was it was on his watch or whatever when when things happened like with with Caldwell. Again, can you imagine the narrative on him? Like I said last week, if Hank Baskett recovers that onside kick, all of a sudden Caldwell does this, and, and Sean Payton looks like a complete moron for doing that at the time. So it, it's crazy how one or two instances change how people are looked at. Because I I've always thought. Jim Caldwell had a ton to do with Peyton Manning going from really, really, really good to being great by how he harped on Peyton on the details and footwork and fundamentals and all that. It sounds kind of boring. Talk to Peyton sometime about how in November, December, when you get a little bit tired and Caldwell still on your ass about doing things the right way. And that's that's how you get to be, you know, in, in his case, a Hall of Famer in Peyton's place. It's so,
6: Mike Chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59. He's on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Um, when should we, I guess, obviously, after the Super Bowl, and once certainly we get into to March, but when is it time to really start to talk a little bit more in-depth about how we see this, this offseason coming together on this wish list or how they're going to put it together on the list of Chris Ballard? When does that officially start? Is it the Monday well, after the Super Bowl? Is it now? I mean, when do we really start the the, discussion?
7: They're laying the groundwork now. And, you know, it's all about the dominoes falling. And the first one to fall will be which of your own guys are you going to make an effort to resign? And uh, probably on the calendar, the first thing that has to happen is is Michael Pittman. And do you get a contract done or do you have to apply the franchise tag? I think I've, I've got the dates in front of me. There's that. Two or three week window of applying a franchise tag, which you know failing a, a long term deal they will you, you, because you do uh but but then it's you know you want Grover back, you want Kenny Moore back, you know who do you want back and and, and then but but again they, you, you've got to do all this stuff at once, and you also got an eye you got to have a, an eye on frequency and and again, Michael Pittman sort of sort of dictates what you can do, what you can't do. How how much more aggressive you can be with your with your cash because if he gets a long term deal, it's gonna it's gonna involve some some pretty good upfront money because that's the way players are now. Even though that's really not how the Colts have been doing things up until like the last year or two, they they prefer to to, to not really front load things uh, in in signing bonuses. I mean in signing bonuses. Uh, so yeah, it, it's it's going on now, but I, I think maybe Pittman's the first one to go because because of that, and then the free agency, and then then you get into veteran free agency, and with the combine coming up, that's kind of when things start really kind of percolating, which is what the end of the end of February and the first of March, when everybody you know when the NFL returns to Indy for like ten days or whatever, which is always cool. I wish they'd keep this thing here forever because it's it works. It, it just works, and it makes our job easier when you got everybody here, as opposed to maybe having to go to Dallas or Los Angeles or whatever. But yeah, the, 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 you've got to. You've got to. What well, one thing Bill get was once said, you know, you, you you see a guy, the team, it's everything is you're like a duck above water. You see the duck above water, and it's just really calm and cool. And you look underneath, and their old feet are just paddling away. So they they probably took a little bit of time off to just sort of catch their breath. I think Reggie tweeted or whatever that he was back in Miami when it was like 10 below here. So, you know, good for Reggie. Uh, but, th- but then you get back at it and you've got to evaluate and, and, and who's worth bringing back, who's not worth bringing back, who after after last season, like with Shane Steichen, who really fits with what he does, who, who really doesn't, but you, you weren't prepared to really cut that guy last year. Maybe, maybe you're more after releasing this year. Uh so it, it, there's always stuff going on and the further we go in the next couple of weeks it'll just start percolating even more
6: So my chapel of CBS 4 and Fox 59 what what's the uh, percentage of folks with the senior bowl going on that Chris Ballard gets back with his intel and ends up drafting in April
7: I bet it's I don't know 60% I mean it it's uh, in I it just can't be a coincidence that every year that that a lot of the guys they draft are at, at the Senior Bowl, you know, in and in, in at the combine, that they, you know, knock the 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 athletic part out of the park, and these guys are, you know, they 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 chart really high on every everyone's list at, at the position. So, it, it, again, it's all intertwined. It is, and you know, do they do they? What are they at fifteenth in the draft? Do they have a guy that they really like there? Do, you know, or like with Chris does a lot of times, do do you trade back and get more picks, which is fine, but. I always hate to pass on a really, really good player to get two good players, uh, but no, that's 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 what. What's well, really funny that I, I always get a chuckle out of is you'll see when all these pro days. I mean, later on when stuff's going on, and I'll say, hey, the Colts had a had a guy at uh, you know Georgia's pro day or South Carolina's pro day. Well, yeah, that's what they do. That's I mean, they've got area scouts, and that's what these guys do. Now, when the head coach or the GM. Is there, you know, when Ballard went to see Quentin Nelson or, or whatever, or, or, or when they're, when they're looking over Anthony Richardson last year, th- then you take extra note. But when, when I see that a scout of the Colts is at some campus, something, well, like so we got out of bed and did his job that day, which is what these guys do. That's it. these guys that they've got such a great uh, personnel staff. And whenever we talk to Chris after the draft or whatever, I mean, he, then we get the assistant or the the, the the personnel guys, and they really really allow us to talk to these scouts who who have spent time with these players, and in some cases they found this guy who who fits here. Maybe he doesn't fit somewhere else or whatever. So I, I really enjoy when, when we get a chance to talk to Chris Bowden's personnel guys because you really get some good info on the players they drafted.
6: Hey, in closing here, Mike, what'd you think about? Chris Collins and his exit from the floor last night at Mackey.
7: That's what that's what someone used to tell me. It's called loading the shotgun, and <laughs> little things here, there at the ten-minute mark, the five-minute mark, and then you keep building stuff up, and then finally you think, okay, it's, it's we're going off. And I thought what was cool is he he wanted a piece of that ref. What was it? He what did. Was the, the, the fouls forty-six to eight. Yes. That's a, that's a, uh, I, yeah, I, foul I, shots, 46 to yeah. 8. Yeah, I, I, now I understand the style of play, and Zach Eadie's impossible to defend, so you foul him. I understand that, but that's, per, that's pretty disparate. But I thought what was cool is well. He wanted to go, you know, go into Thunderdome with that official. He still took five seconds to, to veer over and, and congratulate Painter, and I think he went over and, you know, the, gave some, some comments to Zach Eadie. But I kind of like that. What the hell four points mean at the end unless there were bets out there? Probably there were, so it probably did mean something. Yeah. But that, that, one of my favorite things to watch is Scott Van Pelt. Is it Sunday or Monday when they got bad beats? And do yeah. yes. you, you think, you think uh, nothing matters when it's a breakaway or a guy rims one or whatever, and there's always somebody that's PO'd because he had the other way. But uh, yeah, I kind of I I kind of like him. I I thought he, he 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 had had enough. You know, I, I thought Purdue got away with that one on the baseline where the guy hooked him uh, when he got trapped in the corner. But I don't know. I, but it was it was it was it wasn't necessarily that call. Whatever that call was, it was ten calls leading up to it where he had just had enough. And he knew they were beaten. He was going to make his point, and he didn't care who knew about it. He didn't care what it looked like. But I thought he. He went off about as, about as nice as you could go off. I bet he was steaming on that, on that uh, ride home, though.
6: So, Mike Chappell of CBS4, Fox 59 on the Andy Moore Automotive Group hotline. Hey, Mike, have a great weekend. Watch my uh, X account tonight during the Pacers-Knicks game, and we'll catch back up with you next Thursday, buddy. Thank you.
7: Looking forward to it. Be well, and have a good weekend. So Mike Chapel
6: with us, back nine on location. I'll tell you why on the other side, Josh Schertz, head coach of Indiana State, a big win against Drake on Saturday, a big win last night on the road. The Sycamore head coach joins us coming up next.
1: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
6: Welcome back. Joining us now, the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline, a friend of the show. Indiana State, a come from behind win in Nashville over Belmont last night. Get Drake coming up on Saturday. I think we're catching him on the road right now. Josh Shirts, the head coach of the Sycamores, on the Andy Moore Automotive Group Hotline. Coach, how are you? I'm doing good.
4: I appreciate you having me on. Yeah, I'm headed back. I was in uh, Nashville. My brother, uh, nephew, and and some family live down there, so I. uh, Uh, spend uh, dinner with them last night after the game and hang out and then drove back up today to get back for uh, film and practice, so uh, on the road, but uh, looking forward to getting back to Terre Haute.
6: Well, that was a hell of a game last night. You get down by 19 in the first half. What was the message to the guys when you guys got down by, by that amount on the road? Obviously tough place to play. What was the message because they apparently took it to heart because they got up off the mat? Yeah, I think,
4: you know, I messaged it before the game in terms of, you know, look, this was, you know, two things get in the way of, or there's a lot more than two, but two invisible things that get in the way of consistent high-level performance, which is, to me, the ultimate in life. And and those two things are entitlement, you know, thinking that you deserve something, you're owed something, that, uh, you know, you're destined for something. And the other one uh, is excuses, right? And it's our fourth game uh, in 10 days, three of them on the road. Our two longest bus trips: Belmont and Murray State. Uh, in that window, huge game. And that's what I told him. We had, you know, on the break, is, you know, everything I saw in that first half. I thought we played like an entitled, tired team. We weren't urgent on either end of the floor. Our energy level was poor. Um, our, 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 you know, desperation level. You could tell Belmont, you know, they at home. We had beat them by 30. Uh, at our place two and a half weeks before, um, you know, we, we weren't ready and they just, we got punched in the mouth, but it was a good thing for us. Uh, I think night, like last night, you know, helped to build uh, the, the physical and mental endurance you need uh, to, to win at the highest level when it matters most. And so um, the poise the maturity we showed, the fight we showed to come back, um, I, I thought, you know, it's something we can benefit from uh, moving forward, but certainly. Uh, was about as displeased as I've been with the team at halftime uh when we went back to that locker room.
6: You go uh you gave up forty five in the first half defensively. Um did you start there or was it just the over overall, the all around level of play that you didn't like what uh, you get from
4: Yeah, I thought I mean our our defense was poor. I mean we, we just had, you know, First first pass of the game, you know, we're trapped in the post, supposed to rotate. We don't rotate. Give up a wide open three to Walker. Have a kind of a half-hearted contest by Robbie. Next one, DM makes it. You know, our, we turn the ball over. Our, 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 our offense was sloppy. I mean, they're not pressuring us. We're playing in crowds. We weren't getting up the ball at the appropriate time. You know, everybody talks about energy defensively, um, but you got to play with energy offensively, right? And um, and we, we didn't have energy on either end of the floor, just being honest. I thought I thought we looked tired. I thought we looked physically tired, you know, mentally tired and physically tired. I thought we played slow. I thought we got beat to every 50-50 ball. Um, it was just, you know, everything, uh, you know, you, you don't want to see from your team. But these are, you know, these kids are humans, and uh, they're not always going to be at their best. Um, you're not always going to have, you know, the, you know, that's why we tried we went to the bench. And thought Aaron Gray gave us great minutes. But, you you know, you're, you're, you're trying to search and, and figure out what you can do, what you can change to, to try to get some energy, get a jolt in there. And, you know, we started stabilizing a little bit. And by halftime, you know, I told him, I said, you know, that was a, a pretty pathetic first half in terms of both ends of the floor. And, you know what, we're, we're only eight points down, which in basketball is nothing. You know, we're, that is nothing. We were 19 down. We're down eight. Um, and and we got to come out in the second half. If we lose, okay, let's not lose because we didn't compete. Let's not lose because we didn't have energy. Let's not live in the excuses of, man, we're tired. It's, as you know, J.M.B., the dog days of yeah. college basketball kind of start around January 20th, and they go through about... February twentieth. There's about a month in there and it just feels like it's been forever and it's forever till the end, right? And so these dog that you get into all these different things. At the end of the day, that's why you gotta play to a standard, you gotta fight for your standards. And I thought that's what I told my half top, you know, are we gonna are we gonna lay down, are we gonna fight for our standards or do how we play? Are we gonna play with great effort? and toughness and physicality? Are we going to play with the detail necessary on both ends? Are we going to play with connectivity on both ends of the floor and on the bench? And uh, that we didn't have that in the first half. But second half, much, much better on both ends. wasn't perfect. We got a little bit lucky. Um, but we made all the hustle toughness plays down the stretch to win the
6: game. Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State, to get Drake coming up on Saturday evening. We'll get to that in a second. Was that the first time that this season you really had to tend to light into your team a little bit because of that first half performance? And you mentioned, you know, a teachable moment. How, how teachable was that moment, especially with the type of game that you saw from them in the second half?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, I've, I've had a light into him a few times. I think there's there's always a balance of trying to figure out, you know, what a team needs and are you trying to infuse them with confidence? Are you trying to, you know, sometimes you got to put your arm around, sometimes you got to kick them in the butt like your own kids and trying to figure out, you know, what they need in that moment uh, to, 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 you know, find it inside themselves. Um, I've, I've had it a few times, but that was the worst half. You know we've played all year, and Belmont, to their credit, you know it, it, it's it's two-edged you know two-edged sword. I thought Belmont was really good. Sometimes people forget that in there, they just focus on you, and they forget that you know you're competing against another team that has you know 13 scholarship players and coaches paid a lot of money to win games too. You know there's not just you out there playing, but um, but that that aspect, and then I think the teachable moment was how long a game it is and that there's nothing more – I always talk about there's nothing more overrated than a first-half lead or a halftime lead, you know, and and those things dissipate, you know, and can go like that. And you just got to keep playing. And I thought the resilience we showed, the collective grit we showed, um, the the poise and maturity we showed, like we didn't panic even down (laughs) 31-12. We weren't happy. We weren't happy at halftime. But I never felt like, you know, we let go of the rope. And those are things that when you get into trying to build, we talk a lot about championship DNA, and we think that that can be built. And nights like last night, you're able to recall and call back on those because you're likely to find yourself in similar situations, you know whether it's up twenty-three against Ball State and losing a lead and getting it cut to four and having to make plays down the stretch to win, or being down nineteen and rallying back, or scoring, you know, winning a, a game like Murray State in a night where we can't score. You know, it's twenty-eight, twenty-five and a half. We're down. Like those things build uh, competitive character. They build that championship DNA of understanding. Okay, you know, we've been in this. We have these experiences. You know, why did, you know what happened? What what drove it? So we'll look at film today. You know, how did we get down thirty one twelve? What was what do we do that was so poor in that stretch? Why do we have no energy? Why were we not ready to answer the bell? And then we gotta look at the things we did to correct and understand that, hey, if we find ourselves up nineteen in the first half, it's a long game. We're down nineteen in the first you know, whatever the situation is Um, you got to stay poised you got to play the next possession the right way and you got to hang in there show that resilience fortitude and those are things we can build on moving forward
6: he's Josh shirts with us i mentioned drake's coming up at the holman center that's on saturday at six o'clock uh back about a month ago a loss at drake we know how good they are we know how meaningful this game is where do we begin with round two of this matchup on saturday coach
4: you know, I think I think trying to make sure uh, that we get to that game uh, with fresh legs and a yeah. clear mind, and that's on me, right? You know, I got to make sure that physically we're ready to go. I thought I thought we were a tired team yesterday, and um, I've got to I've got to make sure that we're physically good uh, to go on Saturday, and then clear mind to me is understanding you know what we got to do. We had in the you know in the Drake game the first time. Um, you know, with them, there's not a whole lot of secrets. You know, you got to be great in transition, D. Uh, you got to do a great job on debris. Um, you know, we our, our post D, like they, they hurt us in every which way that, that they could play well. They hurt us. We got up seven in the second half, uh, a number of, of breakdowns. And the better team you play, uh, the less glitches you can have. You know, you can't glitch out and give them what I call relief points. You know, they're going to be good teams are good enough. You do everything right. They're going to score enough points to, to, to be in the game regardless. Uh, when you start breaking down and giving guys wide open shots or transition baskets or offensive rebounds or, you know, bad fouls, Uh, It just compounds to a point where you can't score enough to keep up. And in that game, we went from up seven with 15 to play uh, to down to 15. We got outscored 36 to 14 in the 10-minute window, which until last night I thought was the worst 10-minute window we played all year. Um, And so we've got to be better. Um, You know, in these games, there's really no magic. There's no magic scheme. Um, you know, we've got to go out and play much sharper on both ends than we did in Des Moines, and we got to be much sharper on both ends than we were last night. And you know, that's the challenge. This will be a high line for us to get, um, but this is—you know—it doesn't get any better than this. I mean, you never, uh, as a coach, player, and, and hopefully as a fan, you know, you never feel more alive than you do on—you know—nights like Saturday night when you're at the highest level competition and and you're competing against the best you want to challenge yourself and and see if you can uh uh you know stack up and get through competition at the highest level it doesn't get any better than it does uh, saturday night for us to get straight
6: and you're right too tucker devries was so good in that first meeting too i mean just normally things mm-hmm. he does well he did it at again a high level against you guys in that first meeting
4: yeah he did and and you know and and you got to credit him, and, and then there was enough plays. You know, we, we screwed up two switches on out-of-bounds under where we should have switched, and we didn't. He came off open both times, and, you know, it's what great players do. He came off open. He missed the post-rotation. I didn't know we were blitzing. Ball gets kicked out. You know, the guy scrambles. The guy who gets the one more, he's wide open. He bangs that. So, um, you know, you, you have enough plays in that game where, you know, we broke down. We had a switch we missed. Uh, on a a ball screen, and and DeVries makes a three there. So, you know, off the top of my head, four of his six threes were, you know, we left him open, and and then great players make you pay. I mean, that's what great players do, and that's what I'm talking about. You know, you can't give him any open shots. You gotta make him earn everything. He's as good a player as there is in the league. He's the defending, you know, player of the year in the league, you know, he's the reigning player of the year in the league, whatever it is. And and, you know, when you break down against him, you can pretty much count it. And just like all great players, you know, competitive greatness is always being at your best when it's when it when it matters most, right? When it's needed. And, and he'll be at his best on Saturday. So we have to make sure that, that, that we're at our best and that we make him earn everything. He's still going to score. He's a great player. You're not going to keep him from, from, from getting baskets. But are we making him earn it? Are we having those same mistakes we had in Des Moines? Um, if we do, we're going to be in for a long night. This is a game where, you know, you're gonna, you going know, to basketball is an imperfect game. You're going to make mistakes, So we got to have perfect intentions and we got to really limit our mistakes because it's going to be a high line that we got to hit uh, to get the win on on Saturday night, but I think, like I said, our team is capable of doing it. I mean, I have, we have, you know, we've shown, uh, and we got to get to it more consistently. Uh, that, that you know, we're good enough. Even in Des Moines, we're up seven in that second half. I didn't think we were great. And then that stretch, you know, they just absolutely, you know, flipped it on us and punched us in the mouth, and you know, we were never able to recover that that 36-14 run in the second half. That's a whole lot different than the 36-14 run in the first half.
6: We saw what the Holman Center was like last Saturday against Bradley, and it's going to be even more magnified coming up on on Saturday evening there too. I Absolutely love what you guys have done with the university and Terre Haute, bringing everybody together, having that collective juice that we haven't seen for. A while, it truly is special around there right now.
4: It is, you know. The the community has uh, wrapped their arms around this team. You know, you could feel it last year a little bit. You know, we started getting crowds in that six thousand range. You know, as we we had some big home games, Southern Illinois and and Bradley. And I thought the crowds started to really kind of come together. But this year, it's it, it's galvanized, and you got to credit. Um, You know, our our people, our people in Indiana State that are working, Corey and his crew, um, our our mayor, you know, Brandon Sacklin, Mark Klinkenbeer, county commissioner, everybody working together, uh, you know, in the community, Danny Placencia. I mean, you have all these people working together institutionally and, and from a leadership standpoint the community but really it's the Sycamore faithful and people here love I mean you you know you've experienced it I mean they love basketball they really do and, and they love Indiana State and you know Terre Haute's a small town um, it's a it's a but it's it's a, it's a college town and Indiana State you know in Terre Haute when it's connected like this it's it's beautiful that synergy that symmetry um, that's how it should be because ultimately uh, in Terre Haute Indiana State needs Terre Haute and Terre Haute needs Indiana State and the 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 what's happening uh, from the basketball standpoint has been exactly what you would hope would happen like we went and played you know in Nashville last night it was a you know really good game good. There was maybe 2,000 people there. Yeah. You know, but that's Nashville. That's a big city. You're not going to have that. You know, Terre Haute, that's the the joy of being in a place like Terre Haute is that people really invest and care. This is a, you know, that relationship, that symbiotic relationship between Indiana State, Indiana State basketball, and the Terre Haute community, we're starting to see it come together. And I hope it's the beginning of of something, you know, where where it's not just, hey, these two games, this is really the beginning of – Indiana State Terre Haute partnership uh, with the basketball program being a a huge part of that that, to bring those entities together. And this becomes the norm uh, as opposed to, oh man, you know, it's a sell. And it's like, oh yeah, you know, Indiana State has great crowds every single night because ultimately what creates a home court environment are two things. Uh, You got to have great players because without that, nothing works. And then you got to have a great environment and great energy in the building. And Saturday against Bradley was as good as I've ever been a part of. And I expect. Uh, this Saturday, amazingly, to be even at a higher level uh, than than it was uh, just a week ago.
6: Hey, incredibly special too. Hey, one final thing: thank Matt Graves and Robbie for the picture at Ethan Crawford, where I once lived as a student uh, at Indiana State University. A lot of great memories in that that place. <laughs>
4: Yes. oh man, You I don't you want to share a few or no you want to Well, I could. I think
6: I told Robbie last week and I think a lot of my crap is still in that attic. So it
4: probably is. I don't think anybody's cleaned that place in a while. It was. Uh, I, we said, you know, if we if we won on Saturday, they were gonna go get the pick, and I knew oh. uh, right around lunchtime they took off and and uh, wanted to make sure you've done such an amazing job of uh, you know of, of giving us a platform and supporting <laughs> us, and you know you're uh, you know we talk about Sycamore Faithful. Yep. Uh, they don't get any more any more faithful than you, and and uh, your support of our program, and we really appreciate it. Uh, we we love you, and 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 you know. Great Grateful for all that uh, that you do for not just you know our basketball program, our university, and, and such a great representative of you know the and, and shows kind of your affinity and affection for it is, is, is how it should be. It was great to you but you've also been great for the university.
6: I love it. I love you guys, too. I appreciate that. Tell Robbie and Matt, thank you very much. And by the way, this is the anniversary of the Bobby Heaton half-court shot against New Mexico State that kept, if you remember, Larry Bird's team in 79 unbeaten during that regular season. I was in third grade in front of the TV, and Bob Forbes had the call back in the day. I remember it like it was yesterday. Incredible day.
4: Oh, man. Incredible day. I know that's one of those seminal moments. Demir Miracle man from half court. And, uh, you know, it's uh, those guys, you know, amazingly are still around. It's great to get to, you know, I I get to see Coach Klee, uh, Bob Heaton, Brad Miley, Carl Nix. I mean, there's so many people connected with that place. And, you know, one of the things you really feel at Indiana State is, you know, an incredible responsibility to, you know, that that the privilege it is to, to be a part of that program and uphold. Uh, the, the tradition that those guys laid down, not just those guys but you know the the the, the Ren Menser era, the Odom era. I mean there's been so many great players and teams to come through. Uh, you you really do wake up in the morning and, and feel that sense of responsibility. And having those guys around, uh, like Bob Eaton, like Brad Miley, like Nick, so that, that were part of the team. It's just great for our guys because they feel that every single you know every single game.
6: No doubt about that. Well, coach, safe travels back. And by the way, when you see Robbie, I did send out a picture of me shooting a 27-foot jump shot and making it at Center Grove High School. He questioned some of my mechanics. <laughs>
4: Well, listen. You know, you know, if it went in, which I think it went in, it you did. Know, listen, you just, aesthetics, aesthetics. Be dang, you know. You just it's it's a bottom line business. Much coaching. Shot goes in or it doesn't. You worry about your mechanics. At the end of the day, if that ball's going in, we're going to live with it.
6: You got it. Hey, thanks for calling in. I appreciate it. Safe travels getting back here. Best of luck coming up on Saturday. And uh, Greg Rakestraw and I will be over there, I believe, for the Murray State game. We're coming over there and. In- hanging out with you guys for the day so
4: uh well we cannot so wait. wait march 3rd it'll yeah. be yeah that'll be a blast and uh we'll have a great one to be a great college basketball game an amazing environment saturday and hope you get to tune in see a little bit and we look forward to seeing you uh here in march and thanks again for everything you're doing um,
6: hey, always uh much love for you guys over there at Terre Haute. safe travels and uh, we'll catch you again soon coach thank you
4: JJMB, very
6: much reciprocal. Take care, Josh Schertz, the head coach of Indiana State. I could not love a program, a school, and a town like Terre Haute more than I do them right now. It is so enjoyable, so fun. It is, and he's right. I, I hope that this becomes a feeling that is a consistent. But it is so enjoyable for all of us Indiana State folks out there, and hopefully you as well. Hey, quick break, we'll come back. Back nine's our location. We're doing this with our friends from Mickey Loeb Ultra, of course, and uh, NBA Jam being played here at the back nine. Quick break, we'll come back. Don't go anywhere. Ninety-three five one zero seven five. 107 the fan.
0: The Ride with JMV.
6: Son, you got a panty on your head. You drive fast, hey. Eh? <laughs>
0: 93.5 and 107.5. The
6: Fan. All right, Third Eye Blind tickets. Third Eye Blind coming to Indy this summer. Stephen Jenkins and Third Eye Blind. That's at Ruoff Music Center. Third Eye Blind and Yellow Card. Number nine at 239-1070 will win tickets to Third Eye Blind and Yellow Card again. It's July the 6th at Ruoff Music Center, number nine two three nine ten seventy. 239 1070 win tickets to see Third Eye Blind. Tony Donnie was here with Fans Place. You ever seen Third Eye uh, Blind? Oh, of course, yeah. Uh, multiple times. Once at the old Ribfest. Fest. Yeah.
2: Uh, once at the Vogue. And then I think down here on the lawn as well. You ever seen Yellow Card? I have, yeah. Ocean Avenue, great song. Third Eye Blind. Now... It'll be a great show.
6: There'll be yeah. tons of chicks my age. It'll be great. Thank you, Live Nation, as always, for setting us up with the tickets. Again, Third Eye Blind at number 9 to 239-1070 is going to go on us. So I actually sent out a text to Doug Bowles a little bit earlier because they yep. announced the EDM snake pit show yep. early on the week. Yep. And um, it doesn't sound like that they're – Quite ready to announce Carb Day. Saw him at breakfast yesterday. He told me that they
2: are close. He goes to Vegas this weekend, and then I believe Denver the following weekend. So I think we'll see an announcement on Carb Day over the next week or so. Uh, Again, it's, what is it, 160-mile radius within a four-month span? Yeah. What it has to be, so. Do you have any guesses? I don't. I have none. I think Weezer would be good. Weezer's not playing here. They're on tour later on in the summer. They're off in May.
6: I think Weezer would be off. Awesome. Weezer is, I think, outstanding. That'd be incredible. I've seen them like three times. I think they've yeah. been great. I would agree with you. I think Weezer would probably. But Weezer played here last Garfield Park back in the back summer. In September. Yeah, so, yeah. September so, I mean, that's, when it was. That, that's past the distance. Yeah.
2: They haven't announced their tour, but I did check their uh, their site the other day, and they are off most of the month of May. So that would make a lot of sense. But that's just my guess. Huh?
6: Anybody that's else? My guess.
2: You think of that? Um man, I mean, wouldn't Bush be awesome out there? I know that they're coming elsewhere and it's not gonna happen, but Bush, I think a Jimmy World Weezer would be great. Jimmy Eat World and
6: Weezer. That'd be great. Didn't Doug say a year ago that they were gonna start getting into like more of a nineties. Yeah, well, there you kind go. Kind of thing, right? What, what did I just yeah, say? Right so there. more I of mean, a
2: nineties? Yeah, I mean, and you you talked about this for years. The biggest thing is it doesn't really matter. We're all going to be tapping. No, our toes, it doesn't. It does not matter. Drinking beer. It's going to be great. So, but I think it I is, is Danny Hayes right hey, there. Hey, Danny. He's got Hayes.
6: Ownership of the place. Hey, Danny. That's Ron Colley's finest oh, right man. there. Good to see you, buddy. How you Love doing? being out totally here. Tony's always. Good to see you, man. How are you? Hey, fans, place. Tell us a little yeah. bit
2: about what you guys are doing. Yeah. So we're doing sports prediction apps. You come to a great place like the Back Nine, have yourself a Michelob Ultra, turn in your points if you pay for a bay, turn that receipt into our into our app, we'll pay you back. Your, uh, your, your cash back points on that. Um, we're growing. We're going to have some great stuff. Uh, might be talking to Mr. Halverson and, and Evan Williams oh, here over the next nice. couple of weeks. So um, it's going to be great. Can't wait. Uh, it's crazy. Super Bowl next week. It, then NBA All-Star Game here, followed by the NCAA Tournament, followed by the Masters, and followed by the Indy 500. It's going to be June yeah. before we know it.
6: Yeah. Hey, by the way, hey, Danny, there's a certain athletic director. I think they just had some bad intentions and in sending me a text a little bit earlier. Uh-oh. A certain AD and Ron Colley High School athletic, I think we may have had some things said about you. Not sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Oh yes, yeah. that's what's yeah. going. Yeah. I got that at Ron Colley, too. Yeah, the hey, day of giving at where, Ron Colley. Where, where's Blake going to go to school at? I have no that des- idea. That decision's coming. Speaking right? of the day of giving, there's going to be my day of giving right there. Mr. He's, he's going to go Here's to Indiana Blake. State. He, by the way, shout out to Blake. I uh, blank you guys not. He has an interview. At Hollister in the Greenwood Park Mall Whoa. on Saturday. Whoa. Does he have to wear the Puka Shell necklace and all the cologne? No. <laughs> Will He's they make him take a shirt you. off and stand outside to get people to come in? It, now, there's still a Hollister around here? There's a Hollister in the Greenwood Park Mall, and he has an interview on Saturday at Hollister. What's he going to talk to the customers about? The upcoming Indy
2: 500? Yep, uh, livery. When, off, do you own anything Hollister? Have you ever owned anything Hollister? Uh, uh-uh. So, no. this is crazy. Random story back yeah. in the day. My sister's boyfriend at the time would go into Hollister and would like rip out the uh, like the security thing and just walk out with the shirts oh, on. So that's great. That's good.
6: I'm sure Blake yeah. would be all about that. So, the that. first yeah. Hollister
2: shirt I ever had had like <laughs> holes in the seam right here. And it was sorry, Michigan City Mall there. The, I just uh, thought, man, what is this? See, Danny looks no. like he's been to Hollister
6: like today. No, no, he doesn't. <laughs> you don't, no, he's been to Boot City and Terra yeah. Hope before, though. I guarantee you that. <laughs> So yeah, Blake? that. Blake and would you buy something at Hollister off of Blake? If I didn't know Blake, absolutely not. <laughs> if I knew who he was like I do,
2: absolutely. Oh, All he's going to yeah. do is ring some people up. He's going to meet some He's gonna meet some good-looking ladies. Uh, he's going to be smelling good around All the house. Oh, you know he's going
6: to be smelling
2: good. Yeah, he's going to be good. You can't go in there without smelling good. You can't walk past it from the food court 300 yards no, away without can't. smelling
6: it. Yep. So he's got an interview there on Saturday. Hey, how can people get with Fans Place, by the way? Yeah, check with out the too.
2: Fans Place app. Download it. Uh, free sports prediction app here in Indianapolis. We partner with local Bars and restaurants. We've had great support from from uh, Michelob Ultra, Bud Light, as well. I uh, got some big things coming up in the month of May, March Madness, as well. And uh, y- you're going to answer questions on the Pacer games. You're going to answer questions on different contests. You turn those uh, you turn those back into uh, into our app. Say hey, with we the back nine, we checked in. We we got a two hour Bay Run, and we had a lot of fun. And we'll. We'll reimburse you uh, when you turn in those tokens on it. All right.
6: Fans place with Tony yep. Donnie. here. Danny. You'll stay you. right here. Okay. You stay. Uh, Danny Hayes is here. He's a uh, part of the ownership at the back nine. Another great place, man. How are you guys doing? It is uh, really, really wonderful. Appreciate you guys being oh, here. Oh yeah, a little uh, Mikalojus Ultra and Zinc as always man. the, the so, Zinc boys. Uh, they're great. You know, they they never uh, they never under deliver. Nope. right? Never. Uh, they they always over deliver. We're, they're a, a terrific partner of ours. Um, which I want to give you. I want to give a quick plug if yeah, you don't mind. Go ahead. So we have some great um, partnership opportunities here at Back Nine. Um, if anyone wants a confirmation of that, our our wonderful friends at Reese Restoration, who have one of our suites, they can attest to yes. everything that it's brought to them. We do have a suite I'm, available. I know um, Reese. I know right? Johnny. And the you guys. know Johnny and the boys, yeah, right? Uh-huh. Great guys. Yeah. They are here all the time. They have a wonderful suite on the second floor. Come by and look think, at it. I think Zinc Zinc's on there too, right? Zinc, so. Zinc has one as well, uh, and we have one available. Awesome. Thanks for having us, Danny. Danny's a Roncalli guy as well right there. Absolutely. Hey, all you rebels. I'm sorry. Royals out <laughs> there. <you> there <laughs> don't forget your day of giving today. That was for my wife. I had I to plug it. that. Sorry. Thanks, <laughs> fellas. I appreciate great it. Tony, Great to seeing you, too. Plugs. Cam, great seeing you. Thank you, NBA Jam. And thank you, Michael Ultra and the back nine. Matt Painter, Josh Shirts, Mike Chappell, I Eagle Podcast. 107.5 The thefancom A big Friday coming at you. Pacers tip tonight at 730 right here. Don't miss it.